Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. morning happy hump day hey i'm so excited i'm so excited i'm so excited because the sb nominees are out how about that Whew, i couldn't wait to see them actually i love the SBs. i think it's not only a great show usually pretty funny but the nominees are always exceptional it's kind of hard to choose all right well good morning it's daylight appreciation day with the sports animals on espn honolulu and i seem to have made a mistake I was fed some wrong information when I said yesterday was National Selfie Day. Actually, today is National Selfie Day. I would like to apologize to the audience right now. But anyway, I can tell you it's starting today. The days are getting shorter again, so uh, lather up on your sunscreen and soak in the sunlight all you can. The days won't start getting longer again until December 21st, the winter solace. So Daylight Appreciation Day. Everyone's celebrating Daylight Appreciation Day, except people in Alaska right now yeah. where, well, that's all they have is daylight. There is there is no nightfall. And I'm sure they appreciate it. I mean, yesterday must have been the longest day of the year, I believe. It's always in mid-June, so that would explain yeah. that. All right. So, anyway, happy uh, Daylight Appreciation Day. Hope you have a great day today. Uh, back, we'll get back to the ESPY Awards in a second. Other things you need to know coming in, I see here in the Honolulu Star Advertiser that the University of Hawaii football team is – Getting a recruit who hasn't played football since he was six. This guy <laughs> must be a special athlete. I, I hope so. And, again, it seems like every day for the last couple of weeks we've heard about new recruits. And uh, somebody was writing last night that this is like the best week of local recruits in recent years, if not a really long time. The guy's name is Tavion Williams. Uh, I haven't heard much about him until what I saw this morning. Got some size. because well, he hasn't played football. <laughs> That's probably why. But I guess they must see something, obviously, which shows that he can be that kind of a player. And it's, June Jones was famous for turning players into uh, – better players at a different position this is a little bit different because it's a different sport going from basketball but hopefully it'll work out he's uh okay so he's a he, this guy is uh his friends urged him to uh attend this uh this football camp he's six five 230 pounds he's got a 37 inch vertical jump and a lot of the stuff he learned in, in uh he's learned in basketball translates into football um so um we'll see how it goes and he's he's going to be as tra- he's played basketball at cal state stanislaus that's a school that plays a lot of the uh the local basketball teams here but um you know we'll see how it goes he's uh, you know probably not going to be your starter on day one but probably a guy that size with that athleticism can help you out in a lot of ways well, they say he has three years to play, too, so maybe that's a guy you'd redshirt just to get more acclimated and get that redshirt year and then have two to play, too. 
All right, baseball, Major League Baseball, it's getting hot. It's getting exciting, especially in, uh, you know, there's two real big baseball cities. One is the St. Louis, uh, where the St. Louis Cardinals play, of course, and the other, Cincinnati. And the Reds are like Frank's Red Hot Sauce. I love it. I know Eric Matthews with the UH is a big Reds fan, and he was uh, talking about them with us like on opening day or right after that in April. And they had a slow start as usual, and they've been a bottom feeder for a while. And all of a sudden, uh, they are turning it up. Really incredible run with a 10-game winning streak. I love Joey Votto for what he does off the field, and he played in his first game of the season on Monday. Uh, and I, I think he got a home Did run. Did a home run in his first yeah. at-bat. And uh, that was great to see, the curtain call and all. And that is not a very strong division right now, but the Cincinnati Reds are doing a really good job. And I, one thing I look at when a team gets hot like that, how are the fans showing up? Well, they had 28,000-plus last night, so the fans are noticing there. That's a pretty good feel-good story. Well, it is, yeah. But, I mean, I mean, it's they got a, a 10-game winning streak. Uh, and who was the guy? They, uh, they There was a guy that made his Major League Baseball debut like last week. Some guy was like a first-round draft choice. He's like 6'5", yeah. he was kind of lanky guy. And I think he hit a home run in his Major League debut. Do you know who I'm talking David about? David Cruz is his last name. Uh, he is yeah. the He's hitting 308. I forget, can't remember his last name right now. But he's the guy who came on the scene, and they, they seem to have gotten hotter since he has been there. And he's doing a great job playing third for them. Yeah. Who else is hot in baseball? How are the Giants doing? Giants are doing really, really well. One thing I love is that they swept the Dodgers in L.A. last weekend. That hasn't happened in a long, long time. And they are ahead of the Dodgers in the standings, which hasn't happened in a while. And I love that as well. And now they're creeping up on Arizona with their nine-game winning streak, only two and a half games out of first place. And uh, they're doing it with a whole bunch of players, uh, different ex-Mets contributing for them. And great to see the Giants kind of back on top and at least headed to the top of the NL West, which is a tough division, of course. Right. The Giants are uh, two and a half games back, so they've won nine out of their last ten. The Cincinnati Reds have won ten in a row. Braves have been kind of hot as well. And um, uh, the Baltimore Orioles continue to uh, move on. I don't know if they won yesterday, but just looking at the standings, they're right there. The Mets have got to get themselves, not the Mets, the Yankees. Those are the guys that need to get themselves in gear. Well, okay, one thing about the Giants, it's a nine-game winning streak, so not only nine out of ten, but nine in a row. Uh The Yankees, they haven't had Aaron Judge for over two weeks or whatever it's been right now. They're still seven games over 500. It's not like they're playing poorly, but they could still use more production from a guy like Giancarlo Stanton and maybe some of their other pitchers. They're just in a tough division because of the Orioles. Right. That's why they got to get there. There's a nine and a half games back out of first place. Uh, And when you're with the Orioles in Tampa Bay, the way they're playing, you need to get it going. Well, they're, they're, right now they're a wild card team, so they'd be in the playoffs. Yeah. But I, I think they'll be okay. And the other New York team is doing pretty bad, and they're missing their all-star closer. But I think the Yankees will be fine. I know usually every year it seems like recently they struggle the first couple of months, and people say fire the manager, fire the GM, Aaron Boone, Brian Cashman, <laughs> and they're always in the playoffs in October. Uh, of course, you want to do more than just make the playoffs. If you have the Yankees, you want to go into late October, early November. We'll see if that's the case. Right. And I, I think when baseball is a little different, we are like, well, they're a wild card team. Well, they'll play one game. You better hope you're on it that mm-hmm. one day. True. That's True. why. Being a, I wouldn't settle for, well, we're a wild card team. We get to say we're in the playoffs. 
Well, now they've changed it with the new uh, playoff format. I believe it's a two out of three for those wild card teams as they expanded. Oh, okay. the that's much teams. better. It much is better, better, but yeah, it's still short series. And the one game one was crazy because it was all that uh, riding on one game. But yeah, they still got to improve. But they're not really struggling like some other teams right now, at least. But for the Yankees, it's probably uh, higher expectations as usual. Yeah, I mean, the Mets might as well just shut it down and start selling, right? They actually might. Let's talk about that already, and it's, well, yeah. it's sad. With the payroll they have to be that bad, yep. uh, it's yeah. sad. I know you're really yeah, distraught it's... about that. I am. I um, I was a, a Mets fan, never. But, uh, I mean, you know, they're losing <laughs> They're behind the Philadelphia Phillies for well, The Phillies were in the World loud. Series last year. What is it? How is it embarrassing to be in back of them? Because the Phillies are bad this year. They're not really. Bad. They've been hot too. They're they've won three games over five hundred. Slow start, but they've won seven out of ten. They're actually playing pretty well lately. <laughs> you know who's so. hot? The Miami Marlins. What's yeah. that guy's name? What's that guy's Averett, name? Avarez was hitting about four hundred. Yeah, he's going five for five like every other day. It seems like, and that guy is pretty incredible. You know, What's his name? Avarez is his last name. I don't have his first. No, name. No, it's but not. What is it? It's Ar- Ar- arise. 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 Sorry. Luis Arise. They are 10 games over 500, and that is surprising for this team. That only drew 9,000 last night. I don't know if they're going to draw a lot more unless they're in the playoffs, but for a team with not a lot of household names, uh, they actually, and it's not a weak division, uh, but they are doing really, really well of late as well. Kind of a cool story. Again, I like seeing the bad teams have success, except if it's against my team. Well, yeah, it's you like seeing the bad teams have success, and you're waiting for that to happen to the Mets. I understand that, but this guy Lewis Arise. Now we're not at the All Star break yet, but his he's uh, you know he went five for five day before yesterday, so his batting average is at 400. Even though we're not at the halfway point, getting to this point, batting 400 in today's Major League Baseball, where people aren't hitting for average anymore, that's pretty cool. Well, it's very We're seeing cool. a rarity with everybody just everybody just as Michael Wilbon would say, everyone's just bombing for home runs nowadays. I'd say that's um that's uh that's pretty good. Oh, uh, Tanner just texted today now he's at three ninety eight. So yesterday he was at four hundred. Uh you know, yesterday morning he was at four hundred, but you're hovering right around that area. Nobody hits for average anymore. Everyone's just trying to bomb home runs. He's he's absolutely right. So kind of seeing somebody who goes out there and just wants to get on base uh, it's kind of refreshing in my mind. It, it is. Uh, I mean, there are players that will hit for average, but you don't you don't see everybody hitting over 310 in the top 10 like you used to. Some sure. of the guys are in the 290 range, which is kind of new and rare, I guess, in recent years. It is kind of cool. Again, to see a team like that that can't afford to keep players, and you wonder if he does have success. Well, they have to trade him like Giancarlo Stanton after his MVP year of 57 homers to the Yankees. Uh, I'm hoping they can afford to keep some of these players home because, you know, they, they, they go to the World Series late 90s and 03. They beat the Yankees, I I believe, and then they just started getting ready to play. They just can't afford to keep any of the ones that have success, and hopefully this guy will be able to stay. Yeah, I'm trying to check out here. Okay, so his batting average is now 398. You got two guys, uh, Ronald Acuna and Austin Hayes from Baltimore. They're batting 327. Freddie Freeman's at 324. Bo Bichette from Toronto. I don't even know these names. He's batting three. There's only like what 12 guys in all of major league baseball who are hitting 300 or above yeah and for arise he, he was at 378 about a week ago but i think this was uh monday as you mentioned five for five i know he did it at least twice in the last week he right, and, right. And he, 
went up a lot. So he, you know, he's gone around from 378, let's say, to 400. That's going to be really difficult to maintain. But even if he's at 350 a month from now, that's an incredible accomplishment, something we haven't seen in a very long time. So yeah. even if he does drop, he's still doing something special. Mm. And how did our Major League Baseballers do yesterday? This will be a quickie. Uh, Kirby Yates did not play. Colton Wong did not play. Uh, for Isaiah Kainafalefa, he played as a left field replacement. Didn't get an official at bat. And or that's the only pop. three. That's the uh, that's the only three right now because remember Josh Rojas is in AAA. Right. Well, how did Josh do? Can we? Is it easy to keep on top of that kind of stuff? The minor yeah, well, league the, stuff. I, I I didn't check, but I can I can. Yeah, because we want him. Uh, you know, it's the road back uh, yeah. to what he's going at. How about Shohei Otani? The guy is batting two ninety five. What's his uh, what's his win loss record? I mean, even even though it's a bad stat, especially for a team like actually the Angels have been pretty good. But um, how's he doing on the mound? I haven't been paying super close attention because I usually don't till after the All Star break. He's ten and four with a three point two nine ERA. Wow. Uh, see, one thing I was I was said I think you were gone the other day when I was talking about him. I mean, he's still doing really well as a pitcher. As a batter, if he was just a batter, he'd be a starting up player in the All-Star game. He would be that good by his numbers, the 24 homers, 58 or so RBI, hitting about 295, 300, depending on the day. Definitely an All-Star just with a bat alone. Pitching is doing really good, and I guess 10-4 and four would make you an All-Star. Uh, he's not going to win a Cy Young with those numbers, but he's still doing everything so well. And in the month of June, he has just been even more on fire to get to that 24 home run mark man so um era in major league baseball 3.29 for his career he's basically a three runs pretty yeah. good is that yeah, good these days yes uh, especially with the dh when the dh took in uh took place the eras went up because you have a better hitter in the lineup especially in the al now it's in both leagues if you have an era under three you're having an all-star year if you're having an era three and a half or below you're still doing really well Definitely. Right. Well, they are super proud in Hanamaki Higashi. Uh, that's his high school uh, in Japan. But uh, Shohei Otani, I mean, c- could it be possible? The Angels are picking it up a little bit here that he does win the Cy Young Award and he leads the league in home runs or wow, I don't know, think... or batting at or something. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. It's I don't probably... know how. I know Aaron Judge had the most home runs. In the season or whatever it was, all those home runs last year, right? Yeah, 63, I believe. Right, so he's the, you know, he wins the MVP. But still, to me, Shohei Otani got robbed. A guy that does it on both sides of the plate at this level, I know it's an old argument, and I, I don't want to harp on that, but, I mean, this is the year for Shohei Otani to win the MVP. If, if, and let me correct myself. Uh, he's 6-2 and two as a starter. The 10-4 and four says under his record, I'm not sure what the asterisk's for, but he's 6-2. and two. Excuse me, the ERA is 3.29, uh, but 6-2. and two. Still a good winning percentage there. And, I, again, all-star definitely is a batter pretty good as a pitcher but to do them both and do them both really well and again with the team winning this year that's a big difference because they haven't been a 500 team since he's been there and i think that's why aaron judge easily won the mvp because he was on a first place team or a playoff yeah, team. if the angels that. are sniffing the playoffs that makes otani even more valuable to this team and the league yeah a guy that uh, he 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 bats left and throws right that's cool that's cool anyway it's it's He's probably one of the most popular players in the league, I would think. 
Definitely, definitely. In fact, Brandon Belt, I believe, is it Brandon Belt? Oh. Or, or the, well, there is a Brandon Belt. Yeah, well, it might Giants. be him or Brandon Crawford. I'll get it in a second. But he's a shortstop who's number uh, – I mean, a player oh, no. that's Brandon number Belt's two. Brandon Belt's first baseman. He's number two for the all-star balloting as a DH, and he was saying he doesn't understand it, why Otani is that much ahead of him. He was joking. He was just having fun saying, I should be leading number one. This is disgraceful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was just having fun with it, realizing that Otani is just unbelievable right now. And it is an uh, incredible story that he's been able to really maintain what he's done really since day one. Again, the team hasn't won, but he's definitely done his part. Yeah, he is really popular. There was a poll, I think it was ESPN and USA Today Sports, what people think, where they'll think he'll be playing next year. The Dodgers were number one in the voting. The Angels were number two. I didn't. I think number three gets unveiled today. But he will be a free agent. And the Angels, I don't know if they were ever going to trade him, but the talk is, and rightfully so, as long as they're in a playoff hunt, there's no way they're trading him in July. Oh, yeah. Be, yeah, I they know. Have a That's, the I, I saw that. I saw that yesterday. They're like, well, yeah, why would they? But at the same time, and you know what? I mean, for it just—I know this isn't good business, and he's—if if he is on his way out, you want to keep him there as long as you can. I mean, if you—if this is the guy that's going to make a have a six hundred million dollar contract, I mean, do you say it's worth it because you're paying a, a three hundred million for a really good pitcher? And three hundred million for one of the best batters in the league. You're, I would. You're, you're getting two for one. Yeah, no. And I'm yeah, sure but yeah. that's the way his agents looking at it. Yeah, that's true. And again, let's say it's ten years. That's sixty million a year. Uh, yeah. You wonder if he'll be worth sixty million eight nine years from now, like an Albert Pujols contract where he wasn't. Still, it's, got, it's the price of business has gone up. Yep. So six hundred million seems to be the seems and rightfully so the going rate almost for a guy like that and actually you're right i mean the fact that he can do two things so well uh, it's amazing salary if it's going to be that but the thing about that how many teams could or would afford that you brought up the other day about the cubs who don't really need to spend especially years ago because they that was sell years out all ago. the time right. but can they afford a 600 million dollar guy maybe there's not a lot of teams that could even if they had a chance, let's say he wanted to go to Pittsburgh as an example. I don't think he does. They're not going to. They're not going to be able to give him that kind of contract. So right. there's going to be a lot of teams that won't be in the running for him. But it only takes one, and we know the L.A. teams, Chicago, Houston, San Fran, New York teams. They would probably be able to afford it. And why would you pass on a guy like that if you can? I know. I would hate to see. He just. I would hate to see him play. And I like the Yankees, but I'd hate to see him play for the Yankees or Dodgers. It's so cliche. You know, yeah, as a fan, think... as a fan, it's so cliche. Now, Shohei's not thinking that. He's going, hey, whoever pays me the most. I'd like to see him go to the the Texas Rangers or something like that. That's what I'd like to see. Well, the talk on him the is Texas that he wants to... Rangers, who are the, the MLB's version of, like, the Utah Jazz. It's ho-hum. That's where I'd like to see him go. The talk is he wants to go where he can win a championship, a World Series. And with the Angels, at least until this year, they haven't even been close. So I'm sure he's going to get the money wherever he goes. I'm not sure if 550 to 600 or 600 makes that much of a difference. I mean, it is a big difference. But if he wants to go to a team that can win, you can see where the Dodgers could fit that, even the Yankees maybe. I don't think there's a difference between 600 million and 100 million. It's all the same. <laughs> to us, it's it all is. the same. Yes. All right. It's uh, 20 minutes after the hour here with the animals on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, looking for some fun? Check out our YouTube channel or ESPNHonolulu.com for athletes with Coley Cole, Cole Mousoff. Uh, he sits down at Asahi Grill in Kaimuki 
with uh, former UH volleyballer Kanai Akana. And I understand they're classmates. So that's kind of a fun conversation. Uh, check it out. It's brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, Hawaii's best bank. Hey, Hank, I see your text. Talking about Shohei Otani. He says, hey, Chris, Texas Rangers? What did Otani ever do to you? <laughs> well, it's supposedly a great uh, city, though, and Dallas is supposed to be fun. Yeah. Well, George Bush used to own the Texas Rangers. Yeah. It's a piece of history. Yes. All right, we've got the NBA draft tomorrow. We'll get into that in a sec. Uh, we mentioned that the ESPY nominees are out, and um, you can vote. Uh, LeBron James got his first ever best record-breaking performance uh, nominee. How about that? I guess it's not surprising after he broke Jabbar's uh, career scoring record, so it makes sense that he's nominated there. Wyndham Clark, Windy, the guy who won the U.S. Open, is nominated for the best golfer? That's why? Because he won a major? Yeah. Doesn't make him this year's. Yeah, it doesn't make him this year's best golfer. Best golfer should be whoever's number one. Or Scotty Scheffler's, according to the rankings, should be number one. Or FedEx points, whoever's number one in FedEx. But a guy that just won the major and won his first tournament ever is 2023's best golfer? That doesn't make sense to me. Well, he's nominated. Again, there's four there. I don't, I, who is, I don't even really know Nelly Korda. But the other two, I mean, obviously, are going to be guys that are going to get a lot of votes. And John Nelly Rahman. Korda is the best golfer in the LPGA. Okay. She's on a bunch of commercials. Okay. Who are the other ones on there? On John, there? John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, it's got to go to Rom or Scheffler, definitely. I mean, you know, you saw the, both those guys make a charge. You know, when you talk about the end of the uh, U.S. Open, Scotty Scheffler wasn't too far behind, and he's done it more consistently. Now, there was something out the other day, or I saw yesterday, and you take it with a grain of salt because it was in Fox News. <laughs> no political statement. Stop it. Don't text. Put your phone down. Fans seem to think the U.S. Open should have gone to a playoff because officials missed a penalty against Wyndham Clark. You see, he he won by uh, uh, one stroke over Rory McIlroy. But he was uh, next to the green. He was chipping it in. And uh, there's video going all over social media. And he's he, he grounded a club that may have caused the ball to move. So social media people are, are t- texting in, Hey, you know what? Uh, that's uh, that's cheating. It should have been a penalty. It should have been a playoff. Blah, 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 blah. Now, uh, people who really know the rules say the ball didn't move nearly enough for a penalty. It oscillated a little bit, maybe. And if it did off <laughs> oscillate, there would be no penalty because the ball would have returned to its original spot. Tanner, please look up oscillate for me. <laughs> anyway... They, they changed the rules recently in the PGA. Like if you, we used to like, uh, if you're teeing off and you're addressing your ball and it falls off the tee for whatever reason, if you hit it accidentally and it, and it moves when you're addressing the ball, that's not a penalty. That's why it's like all these people are writing in and it's like they don't even know the rules. I mean, you don't want to make, you don't want to make Windy, uh, Wyndham Clark feel bad that he, you know, oh, what? I, I maybe I'm, you know, you don't want this to go down in history as, should he really won? Do you put an asterisk on his win? No. The rules have changed. Stop writing in. But All right. 
before Aaron the Judge and Lionel Messi uh, both got their first nomination for Best Athlete in Men's Sports. Also, Nikola Jokic there, though. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is the fourth there. I think with when you have the SPs that you vote on them now, and it's you know from July 1st to July 1st or June 20th to June 20th, you're going to go for maybe I think some of the fans would vote for somebody that's more recent in their memory bank of somebody who just did something exceptional. For example, Aaron Judge had that great year that ended late October of last year. The mm-hmm. Jokic did something great that ended last week. I would think Jokic will get more votes just based on that. Doesn't make it necessarily right, and it's an opinion thing, but I wouldn't be surprised if Jokic wins it just because of it's so recent. I think Patrick Mahomes should be in there. Well, he is. Pat- He's one of the four. Oh, you did say Patrick. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Jokic, by the way, speaking of Jokic, Jokic is up for, like we said, the best uh, athlete in men's sports and the best championship performance. So, first of all, Jokic and athleticism, to me, don't match. But I'm just teasing. But at the same time, maybe he wins. He doesn't win one, but he gets the other. I mean, best championship performance was that's 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 viable. Oh sure, sure. And you wonder if he's even going to show up because he's probably watching his horses race in Serbia. Yeah, why would he show up? Why would he? <laughs> he doesn't he want the MVP to... trophy. What's he going to do with an SB? He wants to go home. Leave him alone. Stop giving him awards. My goodness. Maybe he'll make a video and send in the yeah. video. Right, right. Uh, let's see. Michaela Schifrin got her third nominee for Best Athlete in Women's Sports. Is she a, a WNBA player? No, she's a skier. She's been an Olympic skier. Oh. She holds some records, a whole bunch of records. I think she was challenging Lindsey Vonn's all-time win total. Uh, she she was good a couple Olympics ago. So I, I know the name and know she's had a lot of success. Don't know the overall numbers, but she's always up there. All right. Well, uh, the ESPYs presented by Capital One will be airing on July 12th at, what would that be, 2 p.m., Hawaii time on Channel 4. There you go. It's 631 with the Sports Animals. This is ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. I am just uh, checking a note to see what I'm doing here. And what I'm doing is telling you that Adam Zagoria uh, from the New York Times Sports and a bunch of other uh, uh, establishments on NBA basketball. That's coming up next. More in the draft and a little NBA. More in the draft. On ESPN Honolulu. Thank you. Favorite time of the year for many, especially myself and any other basketball fan, is the NBA draft tomorrow. Free agency starting in a little over a week. We're going to get into it now as we are joined here on ESPN Honolulu via the Aloha Kia Hotline. He's a basketball insider and a contributor for New York Times Sports, Forbes Sports, and NJ.com. Back with us, Adam Zagoria. Adam, always great to talk to you about basketball. And for the draft tomorrow, I'd like to get your take, because we know Victor Wembanyama is going number one. Can you tell us what your thoughts are about Scoot Henderson, the point guard, who could be number two or three? What impresses you the most about his game? Yeah, hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I just came out of the media availability here in New York with all of those guys. Um, obviously, you know, Victor's going to go number one. Everyone's excited to see how he's going to translate to the NBA. Um, you know, we talked to both Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson. It sounds like Charlotte is going to take Brandon Miller at number two because they already have point guards in LaMelo Ball and uh, Terry Rozier. Um, and then the question would be whether Portland takes Scoot at number three or whether they, uh, you know, get involved in some type of trade 
involving uh, Damian Lillard. Uh, look, you know, Scoot Henderson's about 6'2", 6'3", been kind of compared to Russell Westbrook a little bit. Um, you know, very exciting guard in transition, can get up and down the court, you know, score in a variety of ways. Um, he's got a, you know, he's got a good personality. I think he'll do well in the NBA. He's entered into a kind of a marketing partnership with Steph Curry. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up here. If he does go to Portland, and for some reason if they do keep Damian Lillard, is that a good enough backcourt to maybe get at least back into the playoffs in the next year or two? Because, again, everything about Henderson shows that he's a good player, a very good player, but he's young, and Damian Lillard might want to win now. But I would think that backcourt has a chance to do something special. Yeah, there's also a lot of talk floating about Zion Williamson and whether mm. he's going to get traded and whether uh, you know Portland brings in Zion. Look, I mean, the West is so tough. You know, you got the Nuggets are not going anywhere. You know, Phoenix just added Bradley Beal with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. You know, the Lakers are going to be good. So I don't think, um, you know, adding Scoot or, you know, or, or Zion is going to make the Blazers contenders to, to come out of the West. But, um, you know, they can certainly get back into, into playoff contention. Okay, you look at Brandon Miller out of Alabama, 6'9", I believe, and one of the things that impresses me when I watch the highlights in their games and everything, he's a very good uh, three-point shooter. I think he shoots about 38 39% on three, so he's got so much to offer to his game, and as you mentioned, he already got a backcourt there with Ball there in Charlotte. Uh, I know they're a team that hasn't really succeeded with their draft picks in recent years, and Brandon Miller thinks he's a once-in-a-generational type player, which is great for him to say that. Does he have a chance to be that special? Yeah, I think he's kind of like your prototypical, you know, NBA, you know, 6'9", wing, small forward, can step out and shoot it, like you said, from three. You know, they already have um, the guards in position there. Both Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson worked out for outgoing owner Michael Jordan, you know, and the Hornets on Monday, and people are kind of trying to read into the, the comments that they say Michael, you know, made to them, like Brandon just said, MJ told him to keep working on his work ethic, and, and with Scoot, he was a little more effusive, but it does seem uh, like they're going to they're gonna take Miller. We're talking NBA and NBA draft with Adam Zagoria here on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. We've heard a lot about some of these uh, elite G League players that we haven't really seen as much as some of the college players, and two of them are the Thompson Twins. Both will be lottery picks. Talk a little bit about them and what they offer for an NBA team. Yeah, it's funny. I just tweeted a picture. You know, they're twin brothers. They're going to be the first twins ever taken, you know, in the lottery. I think there will be five sets of identical twins in the NBA next year with them, if you include, uh, you know, the Morris brothers, the Lopez brothers, the Martin brothers. Um, you know, they, they took kind of an unconventional path, signing with the Overtime Elite League. Um, Amen Thompson is more of the, the point guard of the, of the brothers. His brother Osar is, is more of a wing. And, um, you know, both have high upside. They're, they're young, athletic guys. You know, it's interesting. They've kind of lived together their whole lives and played together for most of their lives. So they talked a lot about how they're going to have to adjust to, you know, not living together and not being on the same team. 
I remember the Morris brothers went through that when they left Kansas several years ago as well. We'll keep our eyes on them. When I look at the mock drafts that are out there, for the most part, after Victor Wembanyama, not a lot of foreign players, at least in the lottery, even in the first round overall. Is that something you've noticed that that may be different than recent years? Well, I mean, the number one pick is is from France, so you know that kind of overshadows it a lot. Um, but yeah, you're right. You know, I think each year is a little different. I mean, obviously, what you know, Nikola Jokic just did coming out of Serbia. Uh, he was the 41st pick for the Nuggets, so it shows that you can get uh, value, you know, even in the second round, obviously, what, what Jokic has done. And I think really the story at the top of this draft is you don't have a lot of college guys like in the first five or six picks. So a foreign right. player is going to be the number, number one pick. You know, Scoot is from G League Ignite, and the Thompsons are from Overtime Elite. So, it shows there are a lot of different ways to get to the NBA. Yeah, definitely so. And, you know, I, I look at one player that I want to get your thoughts on, Derek Lively of Duke, seven feet, seven foot one, didn't score a lot, was a pretty good rebounder, but his numbers overall weren't that great. And I see one mock draft, actually I've seen a few that have him go into Oklahoma City at number 10, but you got Chet Holmgren coming in there. When I look at some of these mocks, I wonder why they would have a guy with the exact same position as a first rounder from last year. Is there any chance a team like OKC would take a guy like Derek Lively? Yeah, we just talked to him. He said he could see himself going anywhere from 10 to 20. And um, you're right, he, he, did, he was the number one recruit in his class. He kind of struggled offensively at Duke. They didn't, you know, they didn't really use him offensively or to shoot from deep. But uh, you know, he's a shot blocker. He's a rebounder. He's probably the second best big man in this draft you know, after Victor. So teams are obviously high on his skill set and what he can bring to the NBA. You know, whether he winds up with Oklahoma City, I'm not sure, but I think he'll go in in the lottery or, or shortly afterwards. In your opinion, Adam, is this considered a deep draft? I think it's considered a pretty good draft. You know, next year's draft, I think it's considered a lot weaker. So mm-hmm. that's why you saw a lot of guys, um, you know, a lot of guys pulled out of the draft, like uh, the Illinois guys, TJ Shannon and, um, a lot of players pulled out to go to go back to college, and you know next year I think will be a little bit of a weaker draft. Who else do you see out there that might be sleepers? We talked about names from the G League, Elite League teams, and things like that. Are there any other sleeper picks that you could see as either maybe a top ten or at least a lottery pick? I mean, there's two really excellent shooters. You know, Grady Dick from Kansas shot about forty percent from three. He looks like a plug-and-play, you know, wing, you know, can, can shoot from three from in a variety of ways. He's going to be a great addition to somebody in the lottery. Jordan Hawkins, another great mm. shooter from UConn, which won the NBA, uh, NCAA championship. Um, you know, he's going to go either at the end of the lottery or mid-first uh, round. He's another great pick. And then, you know, you have a couple guys that might not get drafted at all, like Adama Sinogo was the most outstanding player the final four for UConn, but is a rebounding machine. And Oscar Shibway from Kentucky right. was a national player of the year two years ago, also a rebounding machine. And these guys don't really fit in the you know modern NBA big man sense. You know they don't step out and shoot the three, and um, you know they don't look like modern NBA big men. But I think there's a place for them in the league because they can they can rebound and they're winners. 
Yeah, Chibwe is an interesting one. I, I agree with you on what you said, why he might not be drafted that high, but he's still that good in college, so we'll see about him. But one player also, I love reading these stories before the draft and seeing about a potential sleeper or maybe star in the making. And I don't know if this guy has star written all over him, but some people like Jay Billis consider him one of the best shooters in the draft. Out of Santa Clara, 6'5 point guard, combo guard, I guess. Branded Podzimski, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his last name correct, but Podzimski, I believe. But is what do you think about him? Yeah, he was just here. He's, you know, was invited to the green room. So obviously, the expectation is he's going to go, you know, in the first round. And um, yeah, you know, coming out of Santa Clara, people don't know that much about him, but he can definitely shoot it and score. And you know, he'll be a value pick, you know, in the middle or late first round. Want to ask you one general NBA question because there's all these types of rumors about possible trades, and we've heard them all about Dame Lillard, of course. But are the Minnesota Timberwolves really looking to maybe try to blow up this roster as far as their big two or three, and maybe trade Carl Anthony Towns? I mean, his name's—you know—he's from here. I'm in New York. He's a Jersey guy. I covered him in high school. His name has been on the—you know—associated with trades for years. You know, he said some—I like him, but he said some kind of crazy stuff recently. (laughs) Yes. You know, they, they had a better run than the Nuggets because nobody expected them or whatever. But they lost in the, they lost in the first round. Um, obviously, if you have that roster, you have to be kind of disappointed with, you know, their results in recent years. So I'm sure they are, are, are listening to possible trades. You know, the, he's always been linked to the Knicks because the Knicks mm. kind of need, need another superstar, and he's a local guy. We'll see if that takes place. There's going to be a lot of action tomorrow, maybe even some trades in the works today. Definitely check out Adam Zagoria on Twitter, at Adam Zagoria. Adam, great to talk to you again. Thanks for spending time with us. Enjoy the draft tomorrow and free agency next week. Okay, Gary. Have a good one. Thank you. Uh, All right. You too so much. Thank you so much. Adam Zagoria again with New York Times Sports, Forbes Sports, and NJ.com. Joining us here on ESPN Honolulu via the Aloha Kia hotline. Go to alohakia.com. You know a guy. All right. Uh, the NBA draft is tomorrow. and So what can we take from that when we listen to the draft on the radio tomorrow? Well, what we can take is that, well, again, a couple of points. One is one thing he said I've been hearing a lot is that because next year's draft is considered right now a week, a weaker class at least, you're seeing other guys jump into the draft this year that maybe you're not as familiar with. They're trying to get ahead of the game in a way, and teams are going to want to take a chance on a guy. I'll give you an example. The player I mentioned, I don't remember this guy if Hawaii played uh, played against him last year or two years ago when they played Santa Clara, but a Brandon Podzimski out of uh, Santa Clara, Jay Billis had one of the best three-point shooters in the draft. There are names that might not be as familiar, but they are really good players. And overall, even though after Victor Wembanyama and them top three, it might not be the familiar names, but it is considered a pretty good draft as far as being strong from 5 to 20. There's a lot of guys out there like a Derek Lively who didn't put up very big numbers, but he's 7-1. He can rebound. He's a rim protector. And he's a guy that probably will be a rim protector. I mean, a lottery pick, excuse me, uh, because of his size. I don't know about OKC, but there's a whole bunch of players that maybe we didn't see in the final four. The UConn guys aren't picked that high as well, but they're very good players. All right. I'm rooting for Grady Dick. And uh, also a little bit more on um, Wenbenyama coming up next here on ESPN Honolulu. Is he too skinny? I don't think so. Is he going to be a star in year one? Probably not. Discuss that more coming up on ESPN Honolulu.
was listening yesterday to Pacheco on the radio yesterday afternoon, and I, I, I'm going to have to disagree with something he said about his observations of Victor Wenbinyama. He said that he's got to gain weight and he's too skinny. And I think a lot of people said that about Kevin Durant. Remember, there was a knock. I don't know if it was urban legend or not. Or he went to go bench press, and he couldn't even bench press the bar. And so, I don't know the. I don't know. I'm of course. I mean, all of these guys, all these young guys. What is a Wemby? Twenty years old. All these young guys. They need to. They need to put some weight on their bones, right? I mean, they need to, you know, um, what was the guy's name, that um, the first pick overall last year, and he got hurt? Well, Chet Holmgren was number two, I believe. Chet Holmgren. So Chet Holmgren, I mean, obviously that guy needs to put, you know, some more meat on his bones. But it's not like Wemby's going to be backing down, you know, he's not like he's going to be like uh, Luka Doncic or Nikola Jokic kind of backing his way to the rim. I mean, this guy has Kevin Durant's game, doesn't he? I mean, this guy can shoot threes. Uh, pick and roll is what he's been working on on this Mets ninety two Metropolitan ninety two team. I saw a red. I can't re- remember. Uh, he was. Uh, I saw it on TV. There were. There was a discussion on. Well, his team. You know, if he's so good, why didn't his team win the whatever French championship? And they said that that team was designed to help him make it to the NBA. Right. So when you have talk show hosts like Pacheco say, "Well, he's got to, you know, he's got to beef up because I, well, well, everyone has to beef up a little bit." And here's a guy that, you know, there's also the knock that well, he's played with European players. He's not going to be tough. Well, they put Americans on that team to help him get ready for the NBA. I found that to be incredible. Yeah, Brian. And even though they weren't that. built to build it, or weren't built to win a championship they were built to get him ready they still made it to the championship game what does I, that tell you about him well i agree with josh first of all on that i think he does have to put on weight the nba is going to be a lot more physical than europe and mm. some of these european players can come in and not miss a beat some very few mm. and I, I think i said that about chet holmgren last year and i still feel that he's going to have to get stronger victor women is on a similar build he might be a little bigger but he doesn't have a lot of weight he doesn't have a lot of strength or a size except for the seven three or whatever it is that he's going to be seven five at. he's seven well five. there was also a report that he probably he even said he's seven three yesterday, yesterday oh okay okay, okay. but okay. either way he's he's, <laughs> he's got a great game but i i don't wonder if he's going to be able to uh, survive the physical aspects of an 82 game season and still be that great i think he has to get stronger as well to make him yeah, that good right but it's not like he's that far away it, mm. look if you're expecting him to bring it to come and make an immediate impact in the nba not even lebron james did that so don't expect this guy with all this hype going around i feel bad for him whoever the, the san antonio spurs are not going to the NBA Finals next year. Get that out of your thought process. Look how long it took Nikola Jokic, the best player on the planet right now, to develop. It takes time to develop. But LeBron Jokic- James, Michael Jordan, these guys did not bring championships right away to their teams. No. Or am I missing something? No, but again, Jokic wasn't considered a once-in-a-generational player. Victor Wembanyama is, and there is a lot of pressure or too much hype. I agree with you on that. And I, he's not expected to lead him that far next year. But if you're that special, you should be able to do something special on his team, at least improve them a lot. And we'll see if he is or not. There's no guarantee that he will be, although everybody does guarantee that he's that much of a great player. I think the physical part of his game has to develop and improve. 
improve, and maybe other players need that as well, I think he's going to need even more of it. I, I think if he had a better coaching staff, it might bring the, the like team who? a, a Who's longer better way. Than Popovich? Oh, I don't know. Jason Kidd. Yeah, we'll be okay. right back on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. Hope you enjoyed Taco Tuesday last night. We're the sports animals, and today's the day. Yeah. Growler, Hawaii. That's the place to be. Growler, Hawaii, and Kapahulu uh, between 5 and 7 p.m. We've got our you know happy hour going on. Great food. Uh, we're going to do a radio show with Josh Pacheco and the rest of the gang there. And uh, it is going to be uh, our guests uh, down at Growler. Come on by and say hi to the new athletic director, Craig Angelus, or uh, June Jones uh, is going to be there as well. So come on down and join us for a fun radio show live and in person at Growlers. Okay, top stories you need to know heading on into work. Well, University of Hawaii uh, just signed a basketball player, and they're going to try and turn him into a tight end. Travion Williams is his name. How many times have we seen tight ends in, I mean, our basketball players become good tight ends in the NFL? I mean, there's been a number of them. It seems to be that that's the perfect position to transi- transition to a football player, hopefully to work out for Hawaii as well. Three years to play, too, so I would imagine it's a good chance he could redshirt the first year. Right. He's a uh, um, He is a five-position, and I'm going off of Stephen Sy's uh, uh, writing. He is a five-position basketball player. Play any position. Uh, he plays for Cal State Stanislaus. I know that uh, HPU back in the day when my daughter was playing would play those guys a lot in softball. But he is a, uh, a guy, just he's really athletic. And I think that's why tight ends make such good football players because you're already about 6'5", 6'6", 250 or whatever it is. I just hope we don't give this tight end too much hype like we did the last one. I can understand that, but he, maybe he can play basketball and football too. Yeah. Hey, why not? But sometimes the coaches don't like to share. I'm just no, saying. Well, sometimes. Anyway, yeah. let's move on. Major League Baseball and the Cincinnati Reds and the San Francisco Giants are HOT hot. Yeah, 10 in a row for the Reds, 9 in a row for the Giants, including two walk-offs in a row. A three-run homer on Monday night against the Padres, who were improved. And then last night, a walk with the bases loaded. That's got to be the worst way to lose if you're the opposing team, but it happened to the Padres, and the Giants are doing a great job ahead of the Dodgers, climbing up on Arizona for first place in the NOS. Okay, here we go. The ESPYs nominees are out. It's time to vote. And I, I like the ESPYs. I, I know they may be not as uh, exciting as some people would think a few years ago when they first started. It's been like actually 20 years now. But there's some fun categories there, and there's never a wrong answer. I know people will debate who should have won it, who maybe should have beaten somebody else. And I think part of it is also based on recent memory. But there's also some great categories where it's impossible to choose just one. And that's the fun part. I mean, I'll look at one breakthrough athlete. Caitlin Clark, Iowa women's basketball, was fantastic. Brock Purdy, Niners, enough said. Angel Reese, LSU women's basketball national champs. Julio Rodriguez on Seattle baseball. That's a tough one to choose. I would probably go with Caitlin Clark. I just enjoyed watching what she did for that team last year. Okay, so best breakthrough athlete, you're saying, right? Yes. yes. I'm, I'm braced, but 
See, did she just break through? What's her? What's the backstory on Caitlin Clark? Well, they were a Final Four team last year, and that team was never considered a top ten team. I don't know how she did the year before, but she really came on the scene this past year. I don't know what numbers or records she actually broke, but she broke through as one of the top players in women's basketball, college basketball. You see, to me, this should be an award. Like Julio Rodriguez, I know that he's a really good player, but they he was a really good player last year. I guess this is for last year, Well, right? I thought it goes from, like, June 15th to June 15th or July right. 1st to July 1st. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know. Julio Rodriguez, the player for the Seattle Mariners, to me, he's a breakthrough athlete. Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark, they've already been good. You know, something about Brock Purdy. And I don't know, a lot of people probably disagree with me. I think the best breakthrough athlete out of those four are Brock Purdy. And here's a guy that was almost not drafted. There were like 300 and I don't know, what, what, what is Mr. Irrelevant? 300 and what? 61, something around that. I forget the exact number. Whatever it is. So there, there's like 320 guys they thought were better than him. Yet he, playing the most important position in the sport, or of any sport perhaps, uh, comes out a winner. A third stringer who comes out making the 49ers even better than they were before. That's a breakthrough athlete to me. Well, I don't think there's a wrong answer there. I think all of them are worthy of winning, maybe depending on your favorite sport. And what you said about Brock Purdy, of course. You can't even deny that or debate that. Uh, Caitlin Clark, though, I mean, what she did for that team. And it wasn't just in the the tournament. All season long, you'd see her name and see her numbers. She was just unstoppable. She was fantastic last year. So, again, it's a tough one. I would see, go with Caitlin Clark and right. a slight nudge over Purdy. Yeah, I, I give it a slight nudge, too. But <laughs> so if she's that good, she should be in the best women's athlete category not breakthrough athlete that's what i'm trying to get she didn't break through anything she already broke through she already broke through the year before no she didn't but anyway why would you say she broke through the year before you said they went to the final four the year before yeah last year this past two months ago okay so maybe i don't know i just i just think of like angel reese there were a lot of really good players on that team not just angel reese she was the best and she broke through. She transferred from Maryland, where she was just okay. She goes to LSU, and now she's a national champion. Yeah, she was basically the best player on the best team. I just, I still give it to Brock Purdy. Maybe I'm just a, uh, you know, me and Mrs. Biden. We don't like Angel Reese. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, best record-breaking performance: Novak Djokovic. He won uh, the French Open for his 23rd Grand Slam title. Uh, he has the most major single championships in men's tennis. LeBron James beating Kareem, surpassing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the NBA career scoring record. It's pretty cool. Michaela Schifrin, who I didn't even know last hour, uh, she broke the record for the most World Cup victories with 87. How old is she? My goodness. She's young. She's probably and in Max Verstappen. Breaking the record for the most wins in a season with a win at the Mexican Grand Prix. Okay, I cross him off the list. I know nothing about him. Not a big soccer fan. I would probably go with LeBron, and one of the reasons I would. I'm now, guessing might... the Mexican Grand Prix is car racing? It's soccer, I believe. Oh, okay. Sorry. Because there's a team called the Red Bulls. That's why. 
Uh, I okay. also look for the reason no, I, no, I, breaking I, the record for the most wins in a season. One guy broke the record for the mm. most wins in on his soccer team, Gary. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Let's move on. Okay. For LeBron, when we looked up the numbers, when he broke Kareem's record, the thing that really impressed me is that he did it with a lot less shots. And he, he didn't have as many games or shots as Kareem did, even though he's been around forever. That impresses me a lot. I mean, the amount of games and everything. And we yeah. know, again, but if you're around that long, scoring 30 points, 28 points a game, you'll have that chance. I, I would go with LeBron, and I'll be honest, partly because I'm not as big of a tennis or skiing fan as part of it. I was impressed with what LeBron did there, so I would go with LeBron. But Yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, Formula, Max Verstappen is a Formula One racer. Yeah, okay. That's, you, yeah, that's why he's not a soccer player. But anyway. Uh, SBs, they're going to be on, they're not, on, they're not on TV for a while. When do they close the voting? Do you know? I believe it's around July 1st, right around then, a couple of weeks. So either July 1st or the first week of July. I'd like to get your thoughts on this. The best team, these are the best, and, and I guess basically it's whoever wins the championships. Those are up for the best teams. But it's nice to see because the best team nominees are the Kansas City Chiefs, the Denver Nuggets. Vegas Golden Knights, Las Vegas Aces. Wow, two teams from Vegas. Ooh, I wonder if that splits the vote. Uh, Georgia Bulldogs, LSU Women's Basketball, and I like this. Oklahoma Sooners Softball. For the sport of softball to be up for an ESPY, I think that says something really great about um, about how good these the, the Oklahoma team was, right? And how good... The, um, what was, I can't remember her name now. Jocelyn Alo. Jocelyn Alo, forgive me. Jocelyn and Alo. I mean, because you, I'm looking at these, and the first thing I do always is, okay, is, 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 uh, um, is Carissa Moore there, or uh, Max Holloway maybe, or, you know, where's the local ties? These are the, the only local tie I can find on this is Jocelyn Alo on the best team for the Oklahoma Sooners. Not, no? no, she didn't play last year, this season, no. They just won it like two weeks ago. It She's goes from what? Team. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I thought you said it goes from when till when? June like to June? June fifteenth to June. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm going to give it to the the player from Campbell that they that they uh, that the local tie is, and I don't know her name, but the player from Campbell who's going to go to Oklahoma. How about that? <laughs> okay. And they won. Was it like fifty three or fifty four in a row? So uh, they lost one game in like early February this year and that's it so they, they are exceptional and it's cool to see them recognized obviously that that category i think has more nominees than any other category to me what it says team not the greatest victory or championship so if i'm looking at team i'm, go, I'm looking at the denver nuggets because what they did as a team was more than just a little impressive and again it's the wrong answer all of those teams mentioned are worthy i would go with the denver nuggets because they're a, a team they have the most best players on their what no i said they're the best uh -huh. team they what makes they, what do you mean the they, they're not just relying even though Jokic is an mvp player and jamal murray is great all those other players on that team the coaching staff they did such a great job and they won it rather easily to me they were the best team where all those other teams were fantastic winning championships in their own right i like what denver did as a team as opposed to just you know, relying on one superstar, even though the other team had more than just one. I just like what the Denver Nuggets did as that team because yeah, they showed I mean, in so many different ways how they could win. But you can't you can't win a championship in any league with just one good player. 
I know that's my point. Oh. They won it with more than just one good player. Right, but all of these teams. And I just said that. One with every great, team. right. All of these teams have a lot of good players. I think yeah. they're all good teams. Yeah. That's why they're nominated for the best team. But, uh, hey, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. That's what makes it fun, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can uh, uh, text in on the Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420. Phone lines are open as well. Best college athlete in men's sports. This is one that, okay, so you got Zach Eady from Purdue. Duncan McGuire's a a soccer player from Creighton. Brennan O'Neill is a lacrosse player from Duke. They're a power in lacrosse. And Caleb Williams, the uh, USC quarterback. I hope that somebody like the men's soccer player or the lacrosse player win because that's the most glory they're going to get in this country (laughs) for the rest of their career. I'm serious. We don't celebrate lacrosse and men's soccer the the way that – the way that I mean, I mean, unless this guy's going to be an international star, uh, and who knows, maybe he is. But we're, you know, we're looking forward to watching Zach Eady play in the NBA and Caleb Williams win the Heisman Trophy overall. I'd love for these other guys to win. Well, and Eady's going back to Purdue. I would go with Caleb Williams. I, I, I mean, the soccer and lacrosse player I know nothing about, so I would eliminate them from my vote. But I like your point. Caleb Williams to me is a better athlete than Eady. Eady's a great player in his own right, but Caleb Williams, I just love. Not only can he pass, he can run. I just like the way he leads that team. I would go with Caleb Williams out of that four. Well, yeah, but I mean, and that's why you're not a voter because hopefully the pe- well, well see, I am a voter. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, that's true. That's true. But see, the, the people that vote on it—that's what I—that's what's—that's what's a bummer. If it—if it's a hundred percent fan vote, nobody's going to know about Duncan McGuire or Brennan O'Neill. Right, right. That's what I'm getting at. Is I wish, I wish there was. It was like they had a committee who actually had seen Duncan McGuire and what he's accomplished. Maybe he's the next Pele, and nobody knows. And they're going to vote for Caleb Williams because he plays football. Yeah. And he plays on a national brand like California. So might I urge everyone, when you go to vote, and I don't know where to go to vote. I'm guessing ESPN.com. Yes. When you go to vote, vote for vote for somebody like Izzy Skein from Northwestern Women's Lacrosse. Oh, we can vote for Caitlin Clark from Iowa Women's Basketball. Or Jordy, Jordy Ball from Oklahoma Softball, even though she bailed on her team and now she's going to, she's to the transfer portal. She's at Nebraska now. Vote for Trinity Thomas, Florida Gymnastics. She's Come amazing. on. She's amazing. Think outside the box. Think outside the box. Michael Best Wilbon NFL will vote for last, Okay, last one I, because of Northwestern. That's yeah, great. he always talks about last that. NFL play, the best NFL player, the last NFL player, I can give you a few. The best NFL player. This is interesting. Patrick Mahomes, Justin Jefferson, Jalen Hurts, Nick Bosa. Well, Nick Bosa, sorry, I'm going to eliminate you. Jalen Hurts, you proved to be the second best quarterback, uh, although it's a very, very good player. Justin Jefferson was awesome, but look at Patrick Mahomes. As long as he's being nominated for the next few years, how can Patrick Mahomes lose a best nfl player uh, award plus he's so popular with the uh, you know the the public's vote i don't see there's any way that 
Patrick Mahomes can lose this award. For the last year, I would actually vote Jalen Hurts there, best NFL player, for what he did last year. Again, it's based on last season for them. Even though Mahomes should get it, could get it in any year, basically, Jalen Hurts really elevated that team. And it wasn't really his arm, or mostly his arm, it was his legs. The fact that he could do it both ways with his arms and his feet, uh, and even though Patrick Mahomes can run, I, I'd give it a little bit of an edge to Jalen Hurts, even though Mahomes is a better player overall. But for the last year, I'll go with Hurts. I'll go with Patrick Mahomes just because he keeps revolutionizing the game. Patrick Mahomes is what other co- – things that Patrick Mahomes does on the field, other quarterbacks are practicing that and trying to uh, – in the NFL. Other Everyone else is trying to be Patrick Mahomes. Anyway, uh, good conversation, though. So once again, yeah, we'll be at Growler Hawaii this afternoon with Josh Pacheco, June Jones, and new AD for University of Hawaii, Craig Angelis. We'll be there from 5 to 7, so come on down and join us, won't you, on ESPN Honolulu. Hope you're having a great morning. We're the Sports Animals. This is ESPN Honolulu. And I see here yesterday, uh, while we were on the air, Sony Michelle is uh, returned to the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, I'm not sure what the uh, details of the, the deal are. It's probably a probably a one-year deal, probably a one-year prove-it type of, uh, type of um, contract. I believe it is. I think it has some incentives there, but it's probably around the minimum for him. Man, he's 28 years old, and, they, they, you know, once you hit 28, you're like Ezekiel Elliott and guys like that. It's like once you hit 28, you're over the hill as far as a running back goes. But it got me to thinking because Sony Michelle, okay, he signs pretty quickly with the Rams, probably not for a ton of money, um, and I guess he's been hurt yeah. uh, a number of times as well. So he signs pretty freely with the Rams. And Dalvin Cook is still out there. I think it was yesterday or the day before. Dalvin Cook came out and he said, "Hey, I, you know, I think that uh, me and me and uh, DeAndre Hopkins can uh, team up and you know really uh, make some team really good." <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, of course, but basically he's doing he's trying to do what they do in the NBA. I'm, I'm a team up with somebody. You know what? Doesn't work that way, especially this late, this late heading into the, uh, you know, heading into the season. A lot of people, you know, I don't know if anyone's willing to cut somebody to get somebody like Dalvin Cook. Now, both of these athletes say that, um, you know, hey, I'm going to take my time on all of this. Is it you taking time? I'm wondering. I'm not saying it is or it isn't. But these guys taking their time, does that mean just nobody's interested? I think it's more when they say they're taking their time. Not that nobody's interested. Nobody's interested enough in giving them what they want right now. <laughs> and I think the longer they wait, it would you know have would minimize the amount of teams that might have interest because they're going to go out and maybe get somebody else. Dalvin Cook has been a proven 
good running back, been really good when healthy. He's a little older, and that doesn't sound old, but for running backs it could be. I would think he would take the first opportunity of a team that gives him a decent deal. Because I think the longer you wait, you risk maybe being a guy that's going to replace somebody who's injured, has an injured running back. And you're not going to have the choice of that you might have. You might be asking for too much money. It sounds like that, maybe reading between the lines for Dalvin Cook. Maybe he's a little greedy. Maybe he thinks a little bit too highly of himself. Well, everyone thinks highly of themselves if they're playing at the you know the Pro Bowl level in the NFL. I'm wondering if it's too much money or if it's too long a contract. I think the best place for Dalvin Cook and uh, is and not because Tua Tagovailoa plays for the Dolphins, but boy, they seem to still have a missing piece. And I I know that they've got some okay running backs, but to me, they're just okay. I think Dalvin Cook could make a splash in Miami. Seemed that that would be a really good fit, and those were the rumors immediately after he got released by Minnesota. With a lot of people thinking Miami was the best fit, why hasn't it happened yet? That's what I wonder if maybe Miami has the same interest that people think they could or should. I also look at a team besides Miami like Kansas City. For a few reasons. One, they're always in the playoffs. You have a chance to showcase yourself if you get a one-year deal, like one of those prove-it contracts or incentive-laden contracts. Also, they don't have a star running back. He could be that number one back there, or at least a complimentary back on a really good team. I think they're fine at running back. I want to go back and look at those stats. But on the uh, Adam Schefter, on the Adam Schefter podcast, has some thoughts on the best uh, place for Dalvin Cook. Let's check that out. The New York Jets. They have Brees Hall coming off a torn ACL. I don't know if he's going to be full go as this season gets underway, but their schedule is unforgiving. It's a murderous start of the season for the Jets. They're going to need help in the running game. Wouldn't a guy like Dalvin Cook make some sense? I'd like that too. Uh, and Brees Hall was good, and we don't know if he's going to be ready at the beginning of training camp. They also have Michael Carter, uh, who is okay for them, a complimentary, but they don't have much more besides that. Uh, I would love to see Dalvin Cook go to the Jets. It probably would be another good fit where if he's not the number one guy, if it is Brees Hall, if it is, uh, he could be a number two back and still do a lot of a lot of damage there. So that would probably be a good fit if they could afford him too. Yeah, I like um... – I like Michael Carter. I thought Michael Carter was fine. I would I'd be fine with Michael Carter being your, your featured back until Brees Hall gets healthy. And then you're not spending the money. I don't think you need to spend that money for the Jets. But, my, but Dalvin Cook is better than Michael Carter. I so. understand. But, you, but you're, you've got Aaron Rodgers. And Michael Carter's no slouch. He's a 1,000-yard rusher. I don't know if he's that. I don't. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't done. Well, he's only been in the league a few before, years. Yeah. And by the way, Isaiah Pacheco. That's who I was trying to think of for the Chiefs. I think Pacheco mm. is just fine for the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think they need to go out and spend money on a um, on a running back. That's just my opinion. But what does Keyshawn Johnson have to say about the best landing spot? Uh, the best landing spot for Dalvin Cook. This is from Keyshawn. It's from Keyshawn. What's the name of the show? J. Will and Max. <laughs> You can tell I'm not up at midnight. Let's check it out. The Denver Broncos. I think when you look at what Sean Payton wants to do, he wants to get back to early age Russell Wilson with the Seahawks, play defense, let him manage the football, and run the ball extremely well. You go back to Drew Brees, and what Drew Brees always had every single year in New Orleans when he was cooking the way he was cooking is they could run the football. 
That that's Sean Payton. He wants to run the football and do those things. What did Russell Wilson have early Seattle? They ran the football. He got a lot of the credit, but it was about defense and Marshawn Lynch. That certainly, if they can land him, that'll help him a lot. Well, when you think of um, when you think of um, oh my gosh, I'm losing my mind, Sean Payton. When you think of Sean Payton, you think of the New Orleans Saints. So right when he, he said Broncos, I said, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And then I thought, well, what about New Orleans? What about the New Orleans Saints as a landing spot? I mean, if Alvin Kamara can stay out of jail, that's what you're hoping for, right? I mean, he's a great, great player. I mean, your next best rusher for uh, the, the New Orleans Saints is Taysom Hill. <laughs> and he's not a running back. Well, he is. He's also a tight end and a quarterback and everything else. Mark Ingram was disappointing. So maybe the Saints would be a good spot for him, huh? That would be a good spot as well. When Keyshawn said Sean Payton loved to run the ball in New Orleans, well, didn't Drew Brees throw for 5,000 yards a couple of times there? So, I mean, I know they had the running game as well, but, I mean, they passed the ball an awful lot. Well, yeah, and, and, and Alvin Kamara was a, a receiving threat just as much or more. Uh, coming out of the backfield than a uh, running threat. I mean, it's not like he can't run the ball, but that's why he's, because of his dual purpose, that's why he's, uh, you know, he's so good. All right, let's switch gears. We're going to talk some NBA basketball. Dave King, who covers the Phoenix Suns on the, who covers the soap opera known as the Phoenix (laughs) Suns, is going to join us coming up next. He's from SB Nation on ESPN Honolulu. Check out our YouTube channel or ESPNHonolulu.com for the latest version of Athletes. Our own Cole Mosoff sits down with his buddy, Kanai Akana, a former UH volleyball player, at Asahi Grill in Kamuki. Check it out. It's brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, Hawaii's best bank. NBA talk continues. We know we have the draft tomorrow, free agency on July 1st. And, of course, the big news a few days ago about a trade that hasn't been made official yet but will be involving the Phoenix Suns and Chris Paul going to Washington maybe temporarily. We're going to talk more Phoenix Suns basketball. Joining us on ESPN Honolulu via the Aloha Kia hotline. He covered the Phoenix Suns for the bright side of the sun at SB Nation. Dave King back with us. Dave, good to talk to you again. And a couple of weeks ago we heard that the Phoenix Suns were about to release Chris Paul. That didn't exactly happen. What were you surprised at all when you heard the trade, especially with Bradley Beal coming in return to Phoenix? I mean, a little bit of it was a surprise that there was some talk that Chris Paul had very little uh, trading, you know, options or whatever. He wasn't very little value around the league because he was declining. But you know what? Bradley Beal had very little trading value around the league too because he had his no trade clause. So. Orlando, I mean, sorry, Washington couldn't just go find a team. Uh, and so he just orchestrated saying, hey, trade me to the Suns. And 
get you get what you get, and the Suns gave them what they got. So it was a little bit of a surprise. That's a much obviously a much better player than Chris Paul is today, and nearly as good a player as Chris Paul was, you know, at his peak. Um, in his own way, right? He's a scorer. He's a Devin Booker-type player. But those two are both combo guards who can play next to each other as the guards in a lineup. You don't need a point guard with uh, Booker and Paul, uh, or excuse me, Booker and Beal. Um, so it's going to be an interesting uh, lineup next year for sure for the Suns. You kind of just answered my next question about who will be the point guard, but does that take away any of their effectiveness not having a true point guard like Chris Paul was? Well, I know, um, no, I don't think so at all. I think for years, uh, Denver toyed with the idea of having a point guard next to Jamal Murray. They had Monty Morris starting next mm. to him and all that for years. And then they just decided, you know what, Murray's pretty good as a as running the show himself, and let's just put some def- you know other guys around him. And so the Suns can do the same thing with Devin Booker, the same thing with Bradley Beal. They can each take turns. Uh, running the show, the great thing about uh, to make an offense less beatable is having more guys who can initiate and finish. And now the Suns have three of the best in the game doing it. So, and they're not ball hogs; like they're not they're not pound the rock, mm. um, you know, uh, uh, dribble it twenty times until they make a final pass for a shot. They're willing to move the ball. They're bo- they're all willing to play off ball, including Kevin Durant in that. And it's it should be fun to see. It was fun to watch last year. I mean, if Durant has a full year of training camp and practice time, I think they'd be better. And with Bradley Beal, they should be better as well. But I also think that maybe this ensures even more that DeAndre Ayton does get traded, partly because it seemed like he'd been on the trading block for over a year, but even more so, how can they afford all four guys making that kind of money, and especially with trying to complete a roster where you might not have so much salary cap space? Yeah, there's some little creative things that the Suns can do to continue to fill out the roster. They certainly could. Uh, but I think you're right in that uh, they are looking for uh, turning DeAndre Aiden into two or three pretty good players. So uh, kind of recreating the um, the old Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson level of players in, in the lineup before Mikel became, you know, Super Mikel this past spring, uh, but that kind of complementary player, they need a couple of those, two or three of those, to fill out the the middle of the rotation, and I think they would like to turn DeAndre Ayton into that now that they have a clear top three, and Ayton will have even less touches. But they need to get back someone who can play kind of like Ayton uh, can as one of those three where it can be a big man. You've got to defend Nikola Jokic in this league. You got to defend an Anthony Davis in this league. Uh, the, every team has a big center these days, and we all thought the league was going to go small, and it never really did. And now it's shifting back to getting even bigger again with really skilled seven footers. So you've got to get someone back who can defend big guys, uh, and, and or add somebody like that who can play in the playoffs. So that'll be the challenge, right? If you trade Aiton you lose the things you took for granted from him and hopefully gain the things you need, like depth and all that. So we'll see what happens. Dave Kane with the Bright Side of the Sun.com podcast. Uh- 
blog on SB Nation, joining us here on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. There was a couple of reports I read a few days ago that Monty Williams, now the ex-coach for Phoenix, did not really uh, enjoy DeAndre Ayton on the team when he got the big contract last year. He never congratulated him publicly, never showed up at the press conference, and that he really did not want him on the team. Is there much truth to that? You know, uh, I would say that from my observations, no inside information like we only saw what the press saw, right, because that's the way it goes. But it was really obvious that Monty Williams and DeAndre Aiden did not have a close personal relationship. They did not have a relationship of trust. Um, It was pretty clear that in the third year together with Chris Paul and Devin Booker and Monty Williams as a trio talking up Aiden, that Aiden had, had tuned them out, and they were tired of, having to say the same things over and over again to motivate him. Um, and that's partly true of Chris Paul's entire career. He has a great first year with a big man, and then it just starts fading out to where the big man stops listening after a while. Um, but anyway, back to your Monty Williams question. I don't think they got, along, they got along really well, but I put more responsibility actually on Monty Williams for that relationship than on DeAndre Aiden. Monty Williams is the grown-up. He should have been able to handle that better. In that same, at that same time you heard that, you also heard that he didn't get along with Jay Crowder very well. Right, right. And Crowder just refused to show up. Like, Crowder was a starter, and even if he would have been a big, uh, you know, a major component coming off the bench, that would have massively helped the Suns this past year. And he just had such a bad relationship with the coach that he refused to show up. I mean, that's two out of your five starters. It doesn't say uh, a lot, um, and that is a surprise. Uh, we didn't think that would – Monty Williams is supposed to be a relationships coach. Right. But it turns out his relationships are the, with the people he really liked. Yeah, it was interesting to hear because I, I didn't expect reading that the other day, and it was a little surprising, at least from the outside. The other part that was interesting hearing from Chris Paul the other day is, first of all, he wasn't told by the team that he was getting traded before it was leaked or released. His son told him or texted him about it. But also Chris Paul saying that he thinks Isaiah Thomas might have had a little bit of an influence on this trade. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I thought those comments were interesting. We just a week ago – had a 24-hour news cycle where the Sun sat Chris Paul down and said, we're either going to waive you or trade you before your money becomes guaranteed in a week. (laughs) Uh, They literally sat down, and that was a whole 24-hour news cycle, and Chris Paul was uh, admitted that, yeah, they had that conversation. He was aware, and he leaked it to a reporter that said that he might get waived, and so he knew all about it. The fact that the, the actual deal happened, on a Sunday, going to Washington, you don't tell necessarily the players before the, the other team officially approves it, agrees to the deal. And then the way social media works, everything gets out on social media within seconds these days. So I think a lot of players don't find out they're traded until somebody tells them, one of their friends tells them. Having said that, it would have been nice if the Suns had had Chris Paul on the phone the entire time. But then again, he's a player, not a manage, you know, a management person. So, um, I think he used that opportunity. And then the, uh, the Isaiah Thomas comment. Isaiah Thomas is a good friend of, of Matt Ishbia, but he does not have a formal role on the team. That can be a real problem uh, for the team going forward. That could develop into a real problem because James Jones may not be the main guy that's in Ishbia's ear, right? It mm. might be Isaiah Thomas. And Isaiah Thomas does not have a setting aside 
the accusations and the $11 million settlement of sexual harassment and all that, he should not be in a front office ever again. He should, <laughs> he should not. He should not. But even if you can set aside your morals for a moment, he was awful as a basketball executive, right? So he wasn't right, even good at what he tried to do professionally, and he obviously wasn't good at what he tried to do personally. Um, so he's not the guy you want in your ear. That's the biggest danger to the Phoenix Suns right now. I think that's a huge danger to the Suns. What, uh, you just, whether he gets a position in the Suns front office or not, if he's always in Matt Bishby's ear, he was terrible at that job 17 years ago doing that. Right, almost ran a league, ran the CBA into bankruptcy, I believe, uh, that one year as well. So besides being with Toronto, the Knicks did an awful job. Hey, one last question for you, Dave. With Phoenix not having a first-round draft pick, their pick in the second round is number 52. Do you think there could be any more movement, maybe an eight-and-trade to get some draft picks? Will anything happen with the Phoenix Suns tomorrow during uh, the NBA draft? I think they're probably going to try to move around, but they try to do that every year. The only difference this year is that Matt Ishbia is the fastest yes man in the game. Um, so if there is any opportunity, there's, he's going to push that for that deal to happen. And James Jones is much, historically has been much more reluctant to uh, push that final button. You know what I mean? So yeah. the Suns will have a lot of talks. Uh, if there's anything worth doing, they'll do it because Matt Ishbia will say, just go ahead. Uh, so I think there's a better chance than normal that the Suns make some moves in the draft. The only problem is, they don't have much to make moves with. Uh, they might trade DeAndre Aiden ahead of the draft and get a pick out of that draft um, in, as part of the deal. Um, but otherwise, what are they going to trade? They already traded Shamit, who was the only real. I mean, he might have gotten in a second rounder. So I'm not really sure. In cash, it cost almost $3 bucks to buy a second rounder in the middle of the second round last year. So I'm not even sure if cash is going to buy you much. I'm, I'm skeptical too much will happen for the Suns, but... I would not be surprised because the owner is pushing for everything. I know they don't have a first-round draft pick, I believe, for the rest of the decade, so they can't really move that around either. It's going to be interesting to see what does take place with DeAndre Ayton, but a lot of excitement, I'm sure, with Bradley Beal and, of course, Kevin Durant. Dave, great talking Phoenix Suns basketball with you. Enjoy the draft and free agency, and we'll talk again in the near future. All right. Thanks for having me on, man. Thank you. Dave King with the brightsideofthesun.com uh, blog covering the Phoenix Suns for SB Nation joining us here on ESPN Honolulu via the Aloha Kia hotline. Go to alohakia.com. You know a guy. And when he was referring to James Jones, that's the general manager. Former NBA player, played for Miami late in his career with LeBron, but he's the general manager that uh, Dave King was talking about. Yeah, bright side of the sun. There is no bright side of the sun. If you're going to be taking advice from one of the biggest villains that the NBA, that basket, the sport of basketball has seen, they showed some clips uh, last night on Sports Center of, um, of uh, Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas. Sorry, Isaiah Thomas. You know, you know, walking in the arena, and it's just, you just see his face, and you go, "This guy is such a jerk. Everything he touches crumbles to nothing." And you're and you're the owner. You've got to be smart if you got enough money to own a basketball team. What are you, some kind of groupie? You know, you you want to, you, you you you're impressed by his fame. Why would you listen to advice from a guy like that, who's done nothing, who's been, who's failed at everything he's done except when he was a player? 
Totally. Including, yeah, and, and, and what the Dave was saying, you don't want him in a front office. I mean, with the whole sexual assault thing that was going on. Oh, my gosh. She's just a, he's just a crummy person. And and that's the type of that's the type of ownership you have. He, he messed if up. If you're the a New York Phoenix Knicks. Suns fan, yeah, I know. And then, but if you're if you're a if you're a Suns fan, it's time to change teams. Well, you hope Isaiah's really not is. part of anything there. But yeah, that I wouldn't make me feel good about having him. I mean, he treated Larry Brown, the Hall of Famer, like dirt when he was the head coach yeah. for the Knicks. The way he fired him, wow. Just so, again, you're right. Everything is that we've been in Toronto. He, he, I think they wouldn't let him into the facilities one day. He drove. It was something along the lines where he drove up to practice. They wouldn't even let him sit there or go to the facilities up in upstate New York or above New York City. There was, was rumors about how they were going to fire him. He was a scapegoat because he wanted to do things his way. And Isaiah, even though he wasn't the coach, used to be the coach, and he got bumped upstairs by James Dolan. He, he was just off. I remember one game where Steve Francis on the Knicks got hurt right in front of the Knicks bench. Isaiah doesn't even go over to him. Like, he could care less about his players. It's all about Isaiah. Uh, everything he's touched as an NBA executive or even in the CBA has been destroyed. I'd just be worried. If I'm Kevin Durant, I'd go out and do the pouty thing and force myself <laughs> to get traded. Don't think that's not too far away. Don't think he pouts his, he pouts his way out of there. Could be very soon. Anyway, it's a 749. Running a little late, we'll get a traffic update here. Hey, if you're looking for a great breakfast, uh, go to the Pagoda, now in the International Ballroom uh, at the Pagoda Hotel, and uh, get the 750 breakfast when you mention ESPN Honolulu. Uh, check out the menu, pagodahawaii.com. Got some news uh, that was just uh, updated in the Honolulu Star Advertiser breaking news. The uh, Remember uh, Glenn Nita, the ex-Mililani athletic director, who stole a bunch of money um, from the uh, athletic fund, I guess. And, uh, well, he is now uh, changing his plea from not guilty to no contest. Um, and, uh, this happened, I guess this was yesterday. So he's uh, willing to pay restitution, and he wants to change his uh, not guilty plea to no contest to three counts of first-degree theft, three counts of second-degree theft, and two counts of failure to report income. <laughs> How do you report the income? On your tax form, do you write, okay, $400,000 <laughs> from what? Oh, I stole it. Oh, okay, well, as long as you're honest, it's okay. Now, Steve Alm says, Mr. Nita stole from children. He betrayed the trust of the community placed in him. His sentence should reflect the seriousness of the crime and serve as a deterrent for others contemplating such egregious behavior. Therefore, we will ask he be sentenced to prison. That comes from uh, Steve Alm in a statement to the Honolulu Star Advertiser. Now, this is uh, pretty amazing, but um, they, they, a bunch of friends and family and community members have
raised $406,000 for Mr. Nita to give back to the uh, athletic fund. Wow. That's a lot of support. Yeah. And that's why I don't know the guy, but, boy, the, the commu- a lot of people in the community sure be, seem to be behind him. Here's $400,000, and they're ready to write a check. But they told the judge, we just don't know who to make the check out to. Who should the payee be on the check? It's pretty incredible, though. $400,000 raised to make that booster club whole again. But is that more for the booster club and the kids, or do you get him kind of uh, out, of the, out of the situation where he's got to pay it himself, or both? Oh, I don't know, but I mean, I just think it's it's. You know, here's a guy that stole money all these years. Uh, you know, I mean, he's seventy six years old. Do you, do you send him to prison? I guess he, if he deserves it, he deserves it. Not, I don't think it should be based on his age. But I know what you mean. He's he is that old. But that's what's, again, it wasn't an error in judgment. It was something where he willingly did this, knowingly right. did this, and yeah. he should pay a steep price. Yeah. Anyway. Um, uh, he had pleaded not guilty and faced five years in prison and a $10,000 fine on each second-degree theft charge, 10 years in prison and a $10,000 fine for each first-degree theft charge, and 10 years in prison and a $25,000 fine for each charge of failure to report income. Well... Anyway, it's, you know, it's, it's, you're 76 years old. That's not the way you want to spend your retirement years, is it? No, no. But, again, the decisions you, we make, and young people, the decisions in your make can be life-changing. It's uh, just before 8 o'clock. Top stories you need to know coming up next on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning. All right, three things. Uh, three things we're going over today. One of the big ones, at least for us, uh, for Gary and I, is the ESPYS. The nominees are out for the ESPYS, so you can vote. Uh, the ESPYS uh, television show will air on July twelfth. Uh, it's like it airs live in the afternoon. Uh, but um, I, I want. Every, I'm, I'm urging everyone to vote for somebody you haven't heard of, <laughs> or if somebody who plays lacrosse. <laughs> or what was the other one, skiing or sports like that. A lot of these guys in America are not going to get their, get their glory. They're not going to make, they're not going to be millionaires. They're not going to be on the front pages of, I don't know, Sports Illustrated or something like that. Let them win an ESPY. Come on. Patrick Mahomes does not need another award. That's true. That's true. Did you see, I haven't seen who's hosting it, have you? No. They usually that have really well. I think it is because the, the, the monologues they have are hysterical. I mean, it's almost like the Academy Awards or the Emmys or the NFL Hall, a Hall of Honors, where they just poke fun of some of the athletes. And I think it's very well written over the years. Uh, but I, I haven't seen exactly who was doing it. But the show itself, I mean, I like that celebration of sports. It is fun that they do that. Yeah. On the slowest uh... day and the slowest week of the year, the Major League Baseball All Star Break. Oh, there's not a lot of there's it's it's not yeah I don't know if it's a slow there's no sports being played but there's a lot of uh, sports to go on 
I'm trying to Google who the uh, SB is. Uh, the SB host is. Maybe you can dig that up, Tanner. Uh, just Google it. Um, and there is a lot going on right now. University of Hawaii football recruiting is going on. We got another. Looks like a great athlete. Yeah, we have a, a basketball player a tight uh, turned into a tight end. Hopefully, uh, good JC player, uh, Division Two at least. Uh, and his name is, let me get it exactly right, Tavion Williams, Tavion Williams 6'5", mm-hmm. got a high vertical, 37 inches. He's got three years to play, too. The fact that he's not really been playing football too much makes me think that he'll probably redshirt. But I, I like the way Timmy is already building up this recruiting class, continuing for this year and getting ready for 2024. When is the last time we've seen this many recruits commit in June? For either year, the, the upcoming year or the year after. He's doing a really good job at this time, and I really like that. I think it's going to help this program long term. Yeah, when Gary says he, he doesn't play football too much, what Gary means is the guy hasn't laced it up in, until since he was six years old. <laughs> anyway, look forward. That's going to be a, a, hopefully he gets a cult following and there's not too much pressure on him since he hasn't played football in so long. We've been talking a lot of Major League Baseball today as well. The Reds are hot. The Giants are hot. It's getting kind of exciting. Got some hot players going on. Uh, by the way, uh, that uh, guy arrives from the um, uh, Miami Marlins, two out of three today. So his batting average pops up a bit over 400 again. You have three teams in the National League that have winning streaks currently at 7, 9, and 10. That doesn't happen too often. Now, the Braves, you might expect it for them because they're, you know, usually a World Series team or a playoff team at least. But the Cincinnati Reds, when's the last time they won 10 in a row? It's been a long time, and they lead the NL Central. And then the Giants, who had a really slow start. People were writing them off. But look what they have done in recent weeks with that nine-game winning streak, beating a, beating a Padres team in walk-offs the last two nights. And the Padres are getting better. Fernando Tatis is back. He has been on fire. Giants, again, really doing a good job and i think they are a playoff too i have a feeling arizona might not be able to maintain first place in the west we know the dodgers will be in the mix even though they're in third place now but i think the giants are here to stay in that playoff hunt yeah and uh baseball is is it usually I, I start paying attention after the all-star break um but you know i don't know i mean it's there's a, there's so much there's so much positives going on in major league baseball it's really exciting None of them named the Oakland A's, but that's okay. But you have these other teams doing things that are great. And the Baltimore Orioles, it's not that they have a big winning streak. It's at two, but they've been winning all year. And this was one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball three years ago. And little by little, they've gotten a little bit better. Now 18 games over 500. Again, another good feel-good story in the Major Leagues of a team that was really struggling now in the playoff hunt as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, NBA free agency is coming up July. What's the what's first. the when is it? First, July first. Oh, okay. That's when uh, that's when uh, the Mountain West Conference is going to get a cool thirty four million from San Diego <laughs> State. So the uh, anyway. So July first, NBA um, free agency starts. Now I see here that uh, a guy I really just came familiar with in the NBA uh, Finals is the Denver Nuggets, Bruce Brown. Uh, he had a player option. Uh, this coming up year for $6.8 million. Well, you remember his play on offense and defense, and, you know, a great sixth man for the Nuggets. I'd say that he could start anywhere else and make more than $6.8 million. The sad thing to me about Bruce Brown, even though I love him, is that he was a Brooklyn Net last year and they didn't re-sign him. 
and they should have because he was good last year as well. I'm not sure. I'll have to look at him. I think he might have played in the Diamond Head Classic for Miami against Hawaii several years ago when Lonnie Walker was on the team. But, yeah, he's an important player. He's only eligible with all the salary cap loopholes and free agents to get 7.8 from Denver. So it's a matter of Woodley. I'm sure they would give him that in a heartbeat. Will yeah. he want to sign for only 7.8, or will he try to cash in on the successful playoff run and maybe make 10 to 20 somewhere in there somewhere else so i don't understand how does that work your own team can only sign you to this but anyone else can give you 50 million if they want well not not it's not anybody else because of their cap limitations they probably have a mid-level exception only available something along those lines there's all these different exceptions you can get right. and you're only eligible to pay them so much so it can might be a percent of the point? rate Okay, can you get rid of you? Uh, um, I was going to say Haslam. He doesn't play for them. Can you get rid of a, a couple of players that aren't doing anything and pay him more? Maybe again, it's, it's so complicated the way you have the salary cap. I, but what I saw is that they could only give him seven point eight. So it right, makes sense that if they too. cut other players, that they would have more cap space. But I haven't seen that yet. But that does make sense. But see that this is all they can give him. So I don't think they can do anything to pay him more, which is kind of a weird loophole. Yeah. And you can't blame Bruce Brown. I mean, it's like, hey, thank you very much. I got a ring. Uh, but, guys, you'd understand. Somebody's going to pay me twice that. Somebody pay me twice that tomorrow. You have to take that. You owe it to your family, if not yourself. Right. It's Plus, almost- he's not even a starter. Maybe he goes somewhere else, and maybe they're not a championship team, but you get to play every – you get to start. You get more minutes. You get more money. You know, I love it. Look at Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves has said that he's going to go where the money is. I'm paraphrasing, but he said he wants to get paid. He's honest about it. And look at Miami with Gabe Vincent and some of the others. I mean, if they can get a lot more somewhere else, why would it? I mean, again, you might want to win a championship as your top priority, but I think getting paid is also a top priority for many, if not everybody. Well, and there's nothing wrong with saying I want to make the most money possible. Sure. And if I happen to win a championship, hey, I win a championship. Exactly. but yeah, there's and I don't know how much Gabe Vincent is making. We looked it up the other day. I think it was like one point eight million dollars yeah, or something 8. like that. Yeah, uh, one point eight million dollars. Well, you know, he he should make ten he or should. eight, eight yeah. to ten million easily. And he'll still be almost underpaid by some people. Mm-hmm. Almost. I but he's the, doing I big the Miami Heat. I think the Heat should pay him that. Well, I'm not Although sure what their got, limitations are, but right, they've got three guys in their team that are over like thirty million dollars. That's a problem. Right. They gave Hero a big Or two at 30 and one at 25 or something like that. Bam out of bio. Uh, you've got um, Jimmy Buckets and one other person on there. We were surprised to find Kyle out. Kyle Lowry. That. Kyle Lowry. You Kyle said. Lowry, yeah. My gosh, really? Kyle Lowry? You're going to pay a guy that doesn't even start? Thirty million or close to thirty million a year. When he came there, he was a starter Woo. from Toronto, so that's why he still had that big contract, but he's not worth it now. You're right. I mean, he's he's okay. He's good. You know, it. it you you you. Everybody drops off when the starters uh, take a seat. You know, he'll fill in for Jimmy buckets or or something for a few minutes, and you're okay. But thirty-seven million, okay? No, no. His best I'd rather have Austin him. Reeves. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. have Austin Reeves. Really? How about his teammate in Toronto, Fred Van Vliet? Your friend is a free agent as well. I'm surprised there's no talk about Fred uh, Freddie Van Vliet. I mean, There'll this be- guy, out of all these guys that are available, I'll take him right right now, number one at the top of the list. And I think, and I think Lakers, a lot of people in the know would agree with me. 
He right? is one of the top free agents available, definitely. Uh, and he'll get paid. It's a matter of like a team like the Lakers, I'm sure would love him, but can they afford him? They have to get creative there. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, 12 minutes after 8 o'clock here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, Daylight Appreciation Day is what we're celebrating <laughs> today because today, I guess yesterday, right? Yesterday was the longest day of the year. And so today, the days start getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And it is the first day of summer officially. Yeah. Oh, I think it is my, yeah, happy birthday to my sister, Ui. Ui lives on the mainland. She was priced out of paradise. Did you, um, have you read it? I don't know if she was, I don't think she was priced out of paradise. I think her husband got a job on the mainland. Anyway, Uh, what? Have you wished her a happy birthday, you know? No, I forgot until I just look at the calendar. I gotta, I gotta, um, you know, I gotta, I gotta give her a text. Okay. What state? uh, California. California. So it's okay. not Encino, but some Monterey, somewhere. I forget. Mm-hmm. I've never visited her on the mainland. I make her come down here. <laughs> what a big brother. She'll be here next month. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. All right. Uh, let's see. You hear about this kid a couple of days ago. He's at Fenway Park with his family. They get a foul ball. He's like, yeah, woohoo! <laughs> and then, And then the little boy throws it back onto the field. <laughs> you see that, that once in a while. Yeah. So the announcers went off. They had a field day with it. The bigger brother was literally crying. He was in tears. <laughs> First of all, I, okay, so the Boston Red Sox, they get wind of what happened, and they send up some signed baseballs and a jersey for the kids. But first of all, if you're crying, the baseball, I'm the older brother, and I'm crying. Really? Automatically, you get nothing. There's no crying in baseball. Well, how old is the brother? He can't be more than 8 or 10 or something I like didn't that, see it. I'm just reading about it. I saw the highlight. Even if you're 10. If you're 10 and you're crying because you didn't get it, I mean, that sounds like a young Gary Dickman to me. I was going to say, no, I don't know if I, don't know if I would have cried if that happened. Give me a T-shirt jersey. I would have been really depressed for a while if that happened to me. Yes, at 10 years old, easily. That's a goal of, like, almost every kid going to a baseball game to get a foul ball. You bring your glove for that reason. And to have a ball and have it thrown by. You know who did that here at Les Murakami Stadium? And I remember this thinking about that. And we'll ask him tonight at Growler. June Jones' son at a UH baseball game 20 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, caught a foul ball and he threw it back in the field. And June was trying to stop him and tell him, no, no, you don't have to do that. Ten's too old to cry over a baseball. I don't know what the age limit is to, for a lot. Are, are you the kind of guy that goes to the Stan Sheriff Center, and when they used to have the 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 blimp drop those buy one get one free coupons, you would be climbing over people to grab one. Oh, oh no. come on, don't lie. Wait a minute, a free taco is is cool and it's good, but it's not. A, you you can get that. You can get the taco rather easily. A major league baseball, they're not easy to obtain. Oh, sure you can. Go to the gift shop. Well, sometimes it's not an official ball, and when you get it actually from a game, like I did once, it was it was on a bucket. It was a bucket list of mine, and I got oh my thrown gosh. to me. Sure, it was. I can understand. I bet it is on a lot of kids. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I'm children. I'm talking small children that bring their little gloves to the game. Yes, I never brought a glove to the game actually, but I always wanted a. Every time I got a ticket, I wanted well, to know what hands, the chances. Hands are big enough. They are. Every I wanted to know what the chances. I wanted to know what the chances were. Was I in a good position to get a foul ball? That was always something I had hoped for. And then you turned 50. Well, that happens to many of us. We turn 50. 
But I got one thrown to me from the on-deck circle by Ike Davis of the Mets in the ninth inning of a game. He How looked at me. You? I nodded. It was eight years ago, so I was about 50. <laughs> and uh, it was great. And I gave so it to my were, sister. You were in your mid-60s then, going no, by your I math. No, I wasn't. So you were in your mid-50s. Okay. You're in your mid-50s. Okay. And you nodded to the player. What do you mean you nodded? You okay, winked at him or something? He's in the on-deck circle, a little squibbler around home plate, goes to the on-deck circle. Ike Davis is on a knee with a bat. He picks up the ball, and he looks around. There weren't a lot of people in the stands. And he looked at me, and I nodded yes, and he tossed it to me. He nodded yes. like I nodded please, yes. I nodded please, yes. Please throw it to me. It's yeah. on my bucket list. Yeah, what's the matter with that? Did I go out of my way? Not really. I didn't you know, move. You gave him a nod. You gave I him gave a him wink. a nod. I, I'm guilty of that. You might have taken that wrongly, but that's okay. And you know what I did? <laughs> I had Sid Fernandez autograph it, and I gave it to my sister, who's a big Mets fan. Oh, that's nice. So I did do that for her. It and was a Sid Mets was ball signed by Sid Fernandez. Yes. How is Sid doing nowadays? Um, doing well. I haven't talked to him in over a year or so, but I know he's still living on Oahu. I think he's still coaching somewhere, maybe Little League or something. But that was nice of him to help out for that. But I, I was a bucket you know, list thing. I mean, it you know really what's was. Funny? Is I could care less. <laughs> and I've gotten so many foul balls in my life. Where? I just go to a, a, an Islanders game. Mm. I, go to the, I remember my first Islanders game at Aloha Stadium. And just walking down with a, I don't know, it wasn't nachos, whatever they served. I got it I got it in one hand. This ball bounces once in front of me, pop, right in my hand while I'm walking down the stairs. How There's old were ones. you when you got your first ball, would you say, about? Oh, I don't know. My first. At an 20, Islanders game. 20-something. Oh, okay. So it didn't mean as much to you, I would imagine. But if you were 10 years old, wouldn't you think, wouldn't, you, wouldn't that have meant a lot to you at that age? No. Really? A lot I, of kids. I never, thought, I never thought, oh, look how cool that is. Now, I, here's a, here's a, you want to hear my groupie story? I, I do have a groupie story. Okay. Um, I, I was, um, we used to handle the promotion portion at the University of Hawaii, and I guess this was before Mike Trapasso came here for baseball, because we used to have the, the Easter tournament, which everybody loved. Yeah. Trap came and didn't love it and got rid of it. I wish we'd get it back. Coach Rich Hill, you, you want to make a tie to the fans. We love that. I don't know how it is nowadays. Do people not come over at that time? Whatever it was. Anyway, the Easter tournament was awesome. And um, the we used to handle the promotion part. So I, we, I would one of my jobs was to line up for the radio station. You know, who's going to sing the national anthem, that kind of stuff, and who's going to throw out the first pitch. And so I thought, well, who's the greatest UH baseball player of all time? is uh, Derek Tatsuno. So maybe he's going to come out and throw out the first pitch. And he agreed to do it. And, and I've heard he's incredibly shy. He seems like a, such a nice guy. Uh, when I met him, I, I think I'm, yeah, I must have met him. And then um, I, I asked um, the stadium manager, Glenn, or maybe I don't think he'll get in trouble. This is 100 years ago. I said, can I have a baseball? I want Glenn, I want him, Derek Tatsuno, to sign it. So I had Derek Tatsuno sign me a baseball. So I was a groupie once. I remember that ball in your office back in the day, right? Yeah, it's in the garage somewhere. I have it here still somewhere. I know I haven't thrown it out. I also have Barry Bonds' Hawaii Islanders baseball card, and I lost it. It's somewhere in the garage. We'll you find also, it one day. You have a Ben Roethlisberger autograph that I got for you, and you yeah, lost Yeah, I have it right here. If you want me to mail it back, it's kind of lame. It's on, like, the back of a business card. I'm not a big autograph guy, but I'll, 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 I'll send it back to you. I'll give it to your growler tonight. Why would you give it back? Ben Roethlisberger turned out to be kind of a jerk. 
You always defended them all the time. I did, but now I'm not. <laughs> it's 19 minutes after the hour. It's time to check our traffic, and we'll be right back on ESPN Honoruru. Last night I dreamt I was returning And my heart called out Got the NBA draft going on tomorrow, and I see here that Scoot Henderson uh, says he, uh, that uh, he wants to go number one. Well, Scoot, we want a lot of things in life that we don't get. Stop it. But it's kind of, I'm sure he was asked a question to say that, and it's the right thing to say, I guess. But, yeah, it's not going to happen, and you should be pretty okay going number two I would have loved. To, I would have loved to hear him say, hey, I hope I'm number two in this draft because I'm no Wemby. That would be refreshing to hear, actually. But also, was it Brandon Miller saying basically the same thing? I'm a one in one. Well, as far as I'm a once in a generational type player, uh, we see many athletes say that yeah. they are. Yeah, they have a, not not many players get away with murder and get to be drafted that high in the NBA, do they? No, no. And I was That's surprised in a way that again, he was the guy that was he, he was the driver, not the guy you know shooting. But he, wasn't he was the driver. He wasn't he, the driver. He drove, he drove the gun. To he the, was the guy who ran to go back home to get the gun and give it to the guy. That's what I said. Well, he drove his car to get it for the guy oh you said he was the driver he was the he driver, wasn't the driver as... in the car the driver no. in the car was somebody else anyway yeah. the point is the guy was an accessory to murder and you know then made fun out of it afterwards you know by uh, hey let me get introduced to the crowd and somebody's gonna pat me down you know i mean i guess he's a really good basketball player i guess but is this the kind of stuff you're gonna have to be dealing with when he's on your team I thought when this took place in Alabama uh, during the season and that all came out that he wouldn't be drafted nearly as high as he might have otherwise. So I am kind of surprised that he's, con- he's considered the second or third player in this draft, and it looks like he surely will be one or the other. Mm-hmm. Again, in sports these days, these years, it seems like almost anything an athlete does can be forgotten if you can produce on the field, on the court. I know. Right? I, I, so do you Except take for Colin him- Kaepernick. <laughs> yeah. But do you take him number two? I mean, here's a guy. Okay, what are we going through now with Ja Morant? It's one of the top ten players in the league. Some might have him on top five if you're a little biased, but top ten player in the league easily. But look at the look at the thugs he hangs out with. Okay, this guy chooses to hang out with people who murder. He is Josh Morant. Josh, he's he's Ja Morant. Josh Morant. He's Ja Morant off the court. He's the same guy off the court. Well, let's pour millions of dollars to him, into him. Let's invest into that. I say, you know, maybe I'm just old school, but I say, no, thank you very much. Scoot Henderson, whether we need you or not, you're the best player available. You'll be my pick. Yeah, I could kind of see it that way. And I don't, the reason I don't think he's John Morant, John Morant was holding a gun. Uh, Brandon Miller, again, helped deliver a gun. But they are I'm the talking same. about the people they hang out with, Gary. Well, it was a teammate. It was a teammate of his, yes. Uh, I don't know about the other guy who was in the car with Darius Miles. What if they're friends? Either way, he was associated with an accessory, as you said. So yes. he is somewhat guilty. It doesn't guilty. matter what the guy, if he's a teammate or not. He's a guy who shoots people. And has a gun, and has you go fetch it for him. See, see I, I think that way initially, a hundred percent. But what about some people who are saying, "Well, he had it legally, and it's legal in Alabama." I, I mean, if it's, it's if it's not against to, to own a gun, no, 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 to own a gun. You said he had a gun. 
okay. But he didn't shoot the gun, so he's not guilty of murder. He was involved in it. Yeah, and I, again, I'm on your side initially. I thought this would have hurt him a big, big time in the draft. So I'm a little surprised, but I guess, again, if you haven't broken a law, if you're not arrested, and even some people that are, they still get a pro contract, they get a free agent deal. Again, it seems like anything and everything is forgiven except for Colin Kaepernick. I mean, Greg Hardy got a contract with Dallas. That was a minimum deal game by game, but he got a contract. He was involved with guns. I mean, it's happened so many times where everything seems to be overlooked. I, I don't really like that either, but it seems like that's the norm more than the exception. So, and I'm I, sorry. I'm, I, I I'm reading it. Uh, Tanner, can you test our phones? Somebody got a, somebody said they're calling, and our phone is out of service. Um, you were talking about Gary, and uh, folks, feel free to chime in the Zephyr Insurance text line at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. I would imagine we're talking about any NBA team that's interested. Wait, mainly Charlotte. I was going I'm over part- the. Oh, I'll talk about the same case with Miller, though. You know they did some background checking, and you know they did their due diligence. Any team that was going to draft him or think about it, you knew they went through this before they even thought about it. And not that necessarily puts them in the clear, but it's not like they're just going over the court cases and everything else and say, okay, we'll take that chance. I'm sure they did a lot more as far as background checking and research and talking to people before they make this pick tomorrow. Okie dokie. All right, we'll go to our text next coming up here on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, if you're feeling a little hungry today at lunchtime, if you're in the IAEA area, put some south in your mouth at Dixie Grill's Sandwich Fest going on this month. Pulled pork burgers, southwest chicken sandwich, catfish, pulled pork sandwich on Texas toast and more. It's this month only Dixie Grill Barbecue and Crab Shack. All right, uh, we just saw this news. Gary, you spotted it first. Go ahead. Yeah, we were just talking about this one show, and it appears that Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max will no longer be on ESPN Radio or ESPN Television. They are having a lot of layoffs at ESPN. By the end of June, they say, and they are going to do some restructuring at ESPN, including on-air layoffs, and it means that at least those three will not be on ESPN during for that show. There might be another role for Keyshawn Johnson with NFL coverage. Jay Williams' contract is up at the end of June. No talk about him with college basketball. Max Kellerman, who has a TV show as well called This Just In, looks like that will be replaced by the Pat McAfee show and his big contract. But doesn't say the date, but it appeared by the end of June, which is coming up, that Keyshawn J. Will and Max will cease to exist. Yeah, I thought the show, I don't know, there's nothing stood out. Mike and Mike, I mean, they had they had chemistry, at least in the beginning, until they started fighting. Uh-oh, that sounds familiar. But uh, at least they were, you know, they got, they, they had something going for a, a while. Keyshawn, I mean, basically when I listened to that show, and I, it wasn't often, so maybe I'm, it's, I'm not fair, it sounds like sometimes that they're just interviewing Keyshawn Johnson on things. But I don't know. Ah, that's just me. But uh, that happens in the radio biz. So uh, stand by. We'll see who's, uh, what we call the shift in the radio is called overnights. We'll see who does overnights here in Hawaii coming up very soon i like max kellerman i think he does a good job at everything he's done though 
I like him, too, with the chemistry uh, going back to Keyshawn J. Will. It just wasn't there, and it seemed like there was a lot of interviewing. Keyshawn knows it's football. J. Will knows it's basketball. And I listened to a little bit last night, actually, and it just, you know, just, just didn't, just didn't mesh. It just didn't seem like – not that they weren't comfortable. They probably were. But the conversation didn't really – I don't know. Just, it just didn't really cut it for me. And Mike and Mike, well, I love uh, – Golick and Wingo, I thought, was okay as well for a while. I, 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 I love Canty and Carlin, uh, which you can hear on middays here on ESPN Honolulu. Problem is, they're never there because they're always filling in for somebody else. Yeah, that's happened. But, now. I mean, what's the big idea behind Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max? That, that's my question. What was the big idea? I don't know. I mean, I'm, you don't want to put down your own product, but I, was, I don't know. But there are probably a lot of people that love the show. So, you know, it's just a, just an opinion thing. I guess part of the deal here is that, um, uh, let's see, last year they just gave uh, Keyshawn Johnson a four-year contract worth $18 million. That's the type of money that he made in the NFL. <laughs> I think his last year with the, the Panthers he made about something like it was a four-year $18 million deal, something like that. But uh, anyway, so, well, uh, you know, we wish the best. And kind of excited because I love change. Kind of excited to see uh, what's next for this radio station if you're, you know, an overnight worker. You just can't sleep about what's going on with that. But anyway, that is the latest uh, breaking news from of uh, the New York Post. All right, 838 here in the Aloha State. I was going over the text line at 808-296-1420, the Zephyr Insurance text line. And I saw this one. It says, uh, and by the way, it says your phones are out of service. We checked our phones. They are working. So uh, double check if you want to call in. But we were talking about uh, Gary's, um, you know, his life goal at 55 years old was to get a foul ball. And he winked at a ball player, and he tossed it to Gary. <laughs> Gary got the ball signed by Sid Fernandez and sent it to his sister. So it, was, it turned out a, cre- a creepy story turned out good. And then here's one. The text set, texter says, um, if you're 10 years old, would you rather get a hole-in-one or a foul ball? See, those are two different things. The one is something you accomplish yourself by getting a hole in one. Right. The other one is getting a souvenir. So I, I, it's kind of apples and oranges to me. So what would you rather do as well, a 55-year-old because you have the mentality of a 10-year-old? What yeah. would you rather have, a hole in one or a foul ball? Because I'm not the golfer that you are, and it's a major league baseball. Yeah, I'd rather have a foul ball. You would rather have a foul ball? Was there an echo in here? Yeah. Something that happens hundreds of times a day. Not to me, it doesn't. Yeah, but I don't know. Hole-in-ones just... happen probably 100 times a day as well. No, they don't. You don't think so around no, the country? No, they don't. No. No, how many, no, How many no, times no. a day? You see in the Star Advertiser every week they have the hole-in-ones, and there's usually about 20 or 30 listed. That's here in a week. Is it really a week? Yeah, they do it. I think once a week they'll have the list of everybody that got a hole in one. I mean, I've seen that before. I haven't seen. I see. I I subscribe to the newspaper, but I, and I don't. I they I get the physical paper on Sunday, and for some reason on holidays they throw one on my step. But I because I prefer to look at it online. I wonder if I'm missing it. I got to do the what do they call that the 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 something version of the paper. You know what I'm talking about. Online version or? No, it's the print replica. Oh. i got to start reading the print replica. Anyway, I don't know how much it happens. I'm just, you know, I know, I know. giving you a hard time. But the reason I would rather have a hole in one is because of what you said. You actually did something yourself. You didn't wink at a guy and then get it thrown to you out of out of fear of you 
him thinking you're going to stalk him or something. But if you catch one, let's say you catch one off of, let's say, Aaron Judge's bat, and you catch one in the stand. I got one in a unique situation, but if you catch one off a really famous player, that's pretty cool. What about if you catch one while holding a baby, which seems to happen every week in the major leagues? That's scary and dangerous, but they show that pretty often. Well, you catch yeah. one while you're holding a beer, and then you chug that. The tradition is if you catch a foul ball while holding a beer, you have to chug the beer. How about the guy that had a beer and caught the foul ball in his cup? That's even more impressive, yes. No, that was a waste of beer. That guy's an <laughs> idiot. Okay, so here, so this is a true story. So I'm playing this uh, last Saturday at Royal Cunia, and uh, it's a par 3 17th. I usually uh, slice it. Because I'm so good, I, I shot a 103, I think. Anyway, I usually slice it into the water over there. And uh, this time, for some reason, I hit the ball straight. And and don't laugh, I used, a, let's see, it was like uh, 122 yards. And I used a 7-iron when the people I were playing with were using like 9s or something. Or... <laughs> Or pitching wedges. Here comes here comes Kessel with a seven iron. Anyway, I hit it. And I'm scared because it's going right for the flag. Not moving. Not going not didn't pull it. Didn't didn't uh, push it. Going right for the flag. Bounce, bounce, hits the flag and falls about five feet away. Oh. I almost got a hole in it. hit the flag dead center of the of the the, 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 the little flag stick. The problem, and it, and it went down the hole and back out. I mean, it went wow. part of it, like, part hit the hole. Can you imagine? And I'm getting chicken skin talking about it. So many people go a lifetime without a hole in one. And I, I can say, well, hey, you know what? I can die at least knowing I hit the flag stick and I'm okay. So that's on your bucket list, I'm assuming. That's, that's a good thing to have on your bucket well, list. Well, I think that's on anybody who plays mm. golf would like sure. to have a hole in one. It's the uh, ultimate. Right. Um, let's see. Okay. Oh, you guys got some good texts coming into the Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420. Uh, sorry, Keyshawn. As Gary says, close the door on the way out. That's right. He's making oh, he fun because you're supposed to. That's not the old saying. It is. Somebody verified that yesterday as no, well. No, but it's not line. an old saying. You, it's more like you, somebody's in your office, and then you're like, okay, thank you very much. Hey, close the door on the way out. No, See, I said it to people like I'm, don't I'm, let the door hit you and the hit you. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord kissed you or something. I don't know. I think they're both saying, but no, he's obviously not a fan. See, Gary also says, "Don't come back here with your tail hanging." That's when Josh Pacheco exactly. put it correct yesterday, he was using the same analogy as you, and he said, "With your tail between your legs," when you're talking about San Diego State. They're going to come back with their tail between their legs. But as Gary would say, with your tail hanging. That's an East Coast but I saying. like yours better. Okay. I like yours better. I do. It, <laughs> it, you can write a book. Joe Moore wrote a book on whatever Joe-isms. Did you ever know? That's not what it's no, about. it wasn't called Did You Ever Know. Save that for I didn't, your book. I didn't say that was the title, but it's based on what he does at the end of the newscast. Did you ever know or did you know that? No, no, it's not. That's why. Save it. Write it down for your book. I'm helping you get rich. Did you ever know is not what Joe Moore starts out the phrase with. What is it? It's, um, I got to go back and look. I haven't. Okay. Joe Moore comes on earlier. 
I, I, I only know Howard Jashevsky. <laughs> hey, that would be fun to have Howard Jashevsky come to Growlers and talk about rainbow baseball. I thought about that, but he's usually doing the news at 5 or 6. Oh, yeah. So I, I can ask. I'm not sure if he Call had the day off. sick. Or... <laughs> Get yeah. the nice lady on the nice lady on the other side, or the the other day they had the lady that's on Mal. Anyway, all right, uh, back to the text line, Zephyr Insurance text line. Hey, here's one uh, talking about souvenirs. I caught a towel from MC Hammer at his concert at the NBC. That's cool. Wow, I actually caught a towel from Rick Fox during the NBA Finals with the Lakers in Philly one year, but uh, and I gave it away, gave it to somebody. I'm not a Lakers fan. I uh, I got a, a, a Rick Nielsen. Remember him? It's a cheap Rick trick, Nielsen right? was a cheap trick guitarist back in 1981. Fourth row, back when uh, back when Fosse was governor. I mean, was uh, mayor. He was cool because he let the kids sleep on the sidewalk uh, to line up for tickets. Oh, for tokens and all that. Yeah, no, not even tokens. They used to line up. For, they might have had tokens back then, but you got to no. You stayed in line. Yeah, maybe you got no tokens. You would go get and then you would leave and come back. The true concert goer sleeps with a young girl that you hardly even know in co- in high school, and then you get the fourth row. That's what happens. And then I got a pick because he throws a picks out, his guitar right. picks out in the audience, and I got one. That's cool. I lost it. I lost it a day later, but I had it. How long did you wait online for? I'm just curious. Uh, well, first you don't wait online. <laughs> uh, the, the, online has to do with computers, and this was 1981. It's How like long- get on the plane. <laughs> no way. Let that. the daredevils get on the plane. I'm getting in the plane. Thank how, you very much, How George long did you Carlin. have to wait? I don't remember. It was 1981. Was it overnight, though? You actually stayed there overnight? Yeah, you slept wow. overnight. I've heard those stories. I could never do that. Wow. Look at this text. Can you text your, just text your first name? This guy, I am so Jay. He's had two hole-in-ones. Craziest feeling in sports, he says. Two holes-in-one for one guy? You oh, are man. blessed. I want to just be, I'm even okay. No, I'm not okay, but I would love playing with somebody who got a hole in one. <laughs> <laughs> Here's one. Best text of the day. Jesse Larson, I see you. Thank you for the text. Here's, here's one. Best text of the day. I had a hole in one at Castle Park years ago. Huh? I've done that at miniature golf. I don't know if it was at Castle Park, but I've done that once or twice. Well, Castle Park is minimum miniature golf. That's why that's. I know. But it's not, sure a, it was it's not a hole in one. It's putting. It's a. It's called a one putt. It's not called a hole in one. Let me help you out with sports. Well, this guy said it was a hole in one. So I know, but I like him <laughs> <laughs> or her. Oh, good hey, point. Good point. Hey, let's take a break. Let's take a break. Uh, and want to let you know our bulletin board. It's time for our bulletin board. And uh, I mentioned this the other day. It's worth mentioning again. If you're noticing some changes, it could be Alzheimer's. You can talk about uh, visiting a doctor together with your family. An early diagnosis can give, give you and your family more time to plan together. Plus, you can participate in care decisions, discuss finances, legal documents, and more. Visit alz.org slash Hawaii to find out more. This message is brought to you by... Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union, and ESPN Honolulu.
Jesse uh, texted that he has two hole in, hole in, holes in one. So he, Jesse says his first one was when he's 16 years old, and next one he was 23. And now he's, I'm doing the math, 23, 30, 41 years old. He hasn't had one since. But still, my gosh, where were you playing? Were you playing in Hawaii? That's what I want to know. I'm sorry. I'm just doing a personal thing between you and Jesse. You guys <laughs> go ahead with the radio show. Okay, I wanted to bring this up real quick. The College World Series, of course, is going on in Omaha. And one of the things I've seen every day with LSU there is that the uh, well-known social uh, media social influencer, the influencer Livy Dunn, the gymnast, she has been drawing crowds herself. There was a line of people waiting to meet her and get autographs and selfies yesterday, which is kind of cool but kind of weird. But here's a cool thing about what's going on with LSU. They set a record in Omaha, Nebraska, and apparently there's an ongoing year-by-year challenge called the Jello Shot Challenge at Rocco's Pizza and Cantina. Sounds and like fun. It does sound like fun. And I saw the video of this last night. I'm reading about it now. There was an LSU booster who is the founder of Raising Canes. And he had LSU fans have set a new record for most Jello shots purchased at Rocco's. Since the World Series began last week, this is crazy. LSU has accounted for 21,435 jello shots, which breaks the record, of course, of 18,777 that was set by Ole Miss last year. Because they were there all week long winning the title, so their fans are in town longer. And there's a board up in the bar where they keep marking how many shots are sold. LSU, by the way, is leading, as I said, Florida, TCU, Wake Forest are up there. But none of them, besides Tennessee, have gotten over 1,000. LSU, 21,000. The next best is Tennessee with 1,600. That's a lot of jello shots. I thought yeah. <laughs> I thought you would get a kick out of that. Somebody per- per- the one I, I guy. I did. I, I am. I'm, I'm listening. The owner of the, the founder of Raisin Cane's, Gra- uh, Mr. Graves, uh, Todd Graves, he purchased 6000 the other day for $30,000. Todd one Graves? Isn't that the guy from Mission Impossible, the television series? Uh, it was Peter Graves. Oh, that was Peter Graves. Must be his son. But Todd Graves is an LSU booster, founder of Raisin Cane. He bought 6,000. Can I have 6,000 Jello shots and one beer? <laughs> That's crazy. $30,000. And, and a beer chaser. <laughs> yeah, 6,000 shots and a beer chaser. Hey, you know what? I wonder if they have, I don't think they have growl, at Growler Hawaii. Uh, I don't think they have Jello shots. But uh, you can come down, and they got like 100 different taps. Mm. And they got some really good specials going on. Uh, if you come on down, well, for happy hour every day, you know, uh, daily from 3.30 to 6.30. But uh, we're going to be at Growler, Hawaii. Uh, Josh Pacheco and uh, the animals. And, oh, I wish Tanner could come. Tanner, you're invited to come on down. June Jones is going to be there uh, at the pub. Also, Hawaii's new athletic director, Craig Angelis, uh, is going to be there. Folks can come by and meet him and, and take selfies since today is actually National Selfie Day. And uh, we now... Coach Bud was going to join us, and she's not able to make it, so she's sending a substitute in her place. Associate Head Coach Ula Rowe will be checking out Growler tonight with us about 545, and we thank her for coming down because a good Coach Bud cannot make it today. Okay, and uh, we, uh, Tanner is not available. He will be doing the off-the-bench radio program from 3 to 5. Do what Chris said, Tanner, call in sick. I'm calling in sick on Friday. Actually, I'm going to be doing a function with the Alzheimer's Association. 6 a.m. Uh, thank you. For, uh, yeah, it's a little later on in the day. It's kind of an all-day thing. So anyway, um, um, I think that's it. I think that's it for the radio show today. I'm, I'm out. 
I didn't even talk about Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> Kyle Kuzma. Huh? I thought you were out. I am, but we got a minute left. So Kyle <laughs> so Kyle Kuzma is uh uh he's opting out. Yeah, he wants more money. He's not ruling out Washington. He was due to make $13 million. He's worth a lot more than that. Had a good year. So the Lakers are supposedly interested if they can afford him, if Washington gives him the right, the right price. He said he's happy there. I don't know if he's just saying that to be, you know, nice or if he really is considering staying there, but he's going to get a lot more money wherever he goes. He's one of the most highly sought-after guys like Fred Van Vliet. Right. And so, I mean, if Kyle Kuzma, I mean, do you go with the Lakers and become a fourth guy? You know, third or fourth guy, or you stay in in Washington. Why aren't they better? They have a lot of good. They have a lot of name players on their team. There's no good explanation why they haven't been at least better or a playoff team every year with John Wall, Bradley Beal, Porzingis over the Mm. years, and even like Kyle Kuzma and some of the other ones. Yeah, they should be better. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it. We'll see you at Growler Hawaii today from five to seven p.m. with June Jones and Craig Angelis. Thank you, Tanner. Uh, We'll see you tomorrow too on the radio on ESPN Honolulu.